everybody. Welcome to That's Entertaining, your weekly podcast about all things entertaining. Movies, TV, video games, comics, and everything else that you find entertaining. I'm Justin Pickard, and of course, joining me is 009 agent himself, Nathan Thomas. 009. Hmm. I don't, I don't know how I got my 00 status. I haven't done the two kills yet, uh... But I, I'll take it. Um, I know you have to say that, but we all know the real secret. Uh-huh. <laughs> have you been listening to my emails using the, the North Korean hack stuff? Maybe. I'm not going to incriminate myself right now, though. Uh-huh. I see how it is. <laughs> all right. Well, how how you been? What have you been up to this week? Okay. This has been a long week, and it's probably because the past, you know, leading up to the end of the year, work is kind of, you know, a little bit slower. You get time off. Uh, for the holidays, and I had some time to burn, so I put some stuff, uh, you know, some time off that I built in there. So this is the first week back to work, you know, Monday through Friday, um, you know, just readjusting back to that, even though, you know, I, I thought about taking some time off this week to work on my house because I've been working on the house too, but I've gotten a lot of stuff crammed in this week. Uh, we actually, last Sunday, uh, we have a half bath, and I tore out uh, the vanity, the flooring, uh, all the trim and everything off there, and been working on that all week pretty much, uh, just trying to get that, you know, making it look nice. Um, so it's been a little bit of a home project. It took me a few days to figure out a couple uh, issues with the plumbing, So, but I got that all figured out. Now, there's no leaks right now, so uh, I'm happy about that, um, but I still have the trim yet to put up. Uh, there's a couple things left to do on that side, but it's been a long week, um, but it's been a productive week. Uh, so I've, I've been working on the house, obviously, um, but I've also gotten in a, a fair amount of gaming. Um, I played Destiny, actually, after we recorded the last episode, I was editing it, and I got a message from someone that said, hey, um, we need one more for a raid. And I was like, I gave it some sincere consideration about not doing it, just because <laughs> I, it, I haven't played it in a while, and I was like, man, I'm going to be rusty. But I was like, hey, yeah, I'm going to be rusty. Do you care? And they're like, yeah, just hop in. We need a, we need a sixth. So I hopped in. Um, it put me in the part where there's the oracles. I don't know. If, have you played the raid? Uh, are you talking about the first raid, the Vault of Glass? Yeah, I, the new one. Or, yeah, the, the first one. Yeah, I haven't played the raid at all. Um, I'm working my way to it, though, I think. Okay. Well, there's a part where there's like, these oracles that show up. So that's where I started. And then we actually... I. I went through it, and about a couple hours later, we had it completed. So uh, we were able to complete the raid, and I finally have that under my belt now. Um, and then also, uh, I I told you a while back that I picked up the Game of Thrones uh, and Tales from the Borderlands um, Telltale games. And I played through those uh, this week, too. And I liked one better than the other. And can you guess which one I liked better? I'm really praying that it's Tales from the Borderlands, because that's what I'm excited for. Your prayer will not be answered this week, my friend. What? Yeah. Are you freaking kidding so, me? So, I, I, played, I played both of them. I played Game of Thrones first, and then I played Tales from the Borderlands. And I'm not going to spoil anything about either of them, but the Game of Thrones was really good. It was really well written written um and it had some good decisions and stuff in there and that's what i like about those games is all of, like the decisions and things that you can make and it really had a, a great ending for the first episode of game of thrones 
So then after that, I was like, oh, this is great. People said they didn't like it. I was impressed. Now, everybody says that they loved Tales from the Borderlands. I was like, this is going to be even better. Mm-hmm. So I load that up and play through it. And I just... I, I'm not getting into the characters. The voice acting is okay. But I, I know that there's like more internet personalities that are doing the voices right now. Uh, and Chris Hardwick's doing one of the voices. And he's on a ton of like podcasts and things. Mm-hmm. And so all I hear is Chris Hardwick for this one person. So it kind of... It kind of just throws me off. Yeah. But uh, it's it's not bad by any means. It's it's just not my favorite. And I went into it expecting that I was going to like it. There were a couple times where I smiled, maybe even chuckled, but there was nothing where I laughed it out. I laughed out loud or anything on it. But it's uh, it's an okay game. Um, definitely, if you're a fan of the series, I think you'll have more. Uh, more connection to it, I would say. Um, but for me, I've never played any of the games. Um, but I figured I'd give this a shot. But anyway, it was it wasn't bad. Uh, they were both about a couple hours long, I think, to, to get to the first episodes. Um, but they were uh, both worth playing through. But I enjoyed Game of Thrones more, um, and that maybe just because I'm more familiar with that universe. I don't know, because uh, it does tie into you know different characters that you would know otherwise. Um, from like the books and the TV show and such, so but yeah. Hmm. Um, other than that, uh, I played some Super Smash Brothers with uh, Jason Lacey. Hmm. Um, he's a guy that I know. I think we both know him from the uh, Flux Pose podcast and also from the Married to the Games forum. Yep. Um, but I, you know, I was listening to his podcast and he said that he was playing online and I tweeted him up and said, "All right, Gauntlet Throne, it's going down." <laughs> So, I mean, I'm not that great at the game or anything, but I I just wanted to play it. So, we played, and I think I started out doing okay, um, but then I either it was late or I've had too much bourbon to drink at that point, um, but I was, I was not doing very good. Um, and I was using a WaveBird controller, and my WaveBird controllers are weird, because sometimes it doesn't... You have to completely remove your finger from a button for it to take the next button command. Oh, okay. So, if you don't, it doesn't work right at all. So, I uh, I switched to the wired controller that came with my uh, Smash Brothers set. Mm-hmm. And I was doing better with that. But I think it was still just too late. I think he won maybe about 60% of the matches uh, that we played. I think I won about 40 <clears throat> But it was it was a good time. Uh, I definitely will want to play more online, uh, just to kind of get my feet wet on that side of things. But I'm by no means a you know a, a great player with Smash Brothers or anything. I have my Marth leveled up to fifty now. Um, but yeah, that's about that. You're a you're amiibo Marth. Yeah. Okay. So I have I have two Marths, if that's the proper pronunciation, Marths. <laughs> um, but I have two of them. And one is boxed still, and it's going to stay boxed for as long as I own it. Um, and the other one I opened up, it was the first Amiibo that I wanted to get, because Marth has always been my character, uh, you know, from the Melee days. But, so he's leveled up to 50 now, and uh, he's just kind of sitting on my shelf. He's he's hard, actually, to fight. Uh, one-on-one, he's pretty good. Uh, I won't, I can't say that I beat him every time, because sometimes he actually beats me. Um, and I had a buddy over, and we were playing with him. Uh, you just load him in, you know, uh, as another player. And he was beating both of us at times, so it was, he's it's pretty good. Uh, I don't know if it's equivalent to, like, a level 9 
or if it's something different, but it's uh, it's nice to be able to throw that in there. Yeah. Uh, you can also, you know, do team battles and stuff, so if you want to do a team with your little amiibo, that's kind of cool. So I guess this is my weekly amiibo update, yeah. <laughs> in a way. Yeah, in a weird way. Even though last week I didn't have one. Um, but I do have all the amiibos currently out now, by the way. Um, so I have all the, the new wave that came out. Um, but also, I've been, today actually, um, played through, on the Master Chief Collection, the first Halo. Um, it's been a long time since I did that, uh, but I went ahead and played through it. I started my playthrough trying to play it through as Legendary, mm -hmm. but either my skills have greatly diminished, or I forgot how hard it was when I was younger. <laughs> uh, and I just, I got through the first couple levels, but... I just gave up and put it back down to normal just to play through the story again. Um, so I, I played through that. And uh, I've also been watching a bit of TV. So recently, uh, the the playoffs are on for the NFL. Do you follow football at all? Uh, here and there. Um, I don't really want to talk about football right now since uh, I happen to be a Lions fan. And we're not going uh... to talk about what happened last week uh -huh, okay. or uh, any decisions the refs <laughs> may or may not have made. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> but yeah, I do. Um, I follow a little bit of football, so that's good. I I like the Rams. That's my team. Um, we haven't been to the playoffs in years, um, but uh, I've been playing, watching the playoffs uh, this time. Today, before we recorded, it was actually a really good game between the Patriots and the and the um, uh, Ravens. Mm -hmm. So I was watching that before we recorded, and I have to say that was one of the best football games I've seen in a long time. The end score was like. 30, 34 to 31, maybe? Yeah, that is a really good game. It's it's fun watching games that are close. You mm -hmm. know, no one likes a blowout that sometimes we get to see. And I, I think that's why I actually like the NFL a little more than college. Because sometimes college games, you get those big schools going against small schools and it's just blowout. But mm -hmm. usually, I, I feel like in the NFL, you get a little more consistent um, uh, plays. So... Unless you're watching a game where any team is playing Jacksonville. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, they're. I, I thought I thought they were a college team for a minute, but <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I yeah I agree. So yeah, but I've been watching the playoffs. Uh, I'm looking forward to see who goes to the Super Bowl this year. Uh, I'm hoping it's a better Super Bowl than last year. Last year was just horrible. Um, but yeah. Yeah, last year was a little boring, but. Yeah, not no good. Um, but in addition to other TV things I've been watching, uh, the new TV seasons have kind of started up or came back, depending on how you look at it. Uh, Star Wars Rebels. Um, I don't, I know you haven't gotten through Clone Wars yet, but have you watched any of the Star Wars Rebels? I haven't. And I, I don't have the channel, um, so I don't know if I'll, I probably won't until I imagine it'll come to Netflix or, or maybe I'll be able to just buy it on demand once the first season comes, or completely out. Um, yeah. Is the first season complete now, or is this continuing the first season? Uh, it's continuing the first season. Okay. Um, and I don't have the channel either. Um, so here's the weird thing about Rebels is it had its debut episode on ABC um, as well as Disney, but the actual show is premiering first on the Watch Disney XD app, like a week before the actual episode airs on Disney XD. Oh, okay. And then... Like, two weeks after it airs on Disney XD, it shows up on the Disney Channel. Um, and it's just weird. But anyway, I didn't... 
I figured that I didn't know uh, the best way to watch the show either because I didn't have Disney XD, even though I have the package that would give it to me if my cable provider decided that they were going to give it to me. But uh, I actually bought this series from uh, Amazon uh, On Demand, their instant. Okay. Uh, so it's nice. You can just... It's HD. I can watch it on my Xbox One. I've watched it on my phone, my iPad, wherever. Um, so it, it, it looks really good. It's getting... Uh, better actually too as it goes along as far as the graphics and stuff that are used to render that. Um, but it's there's been a lot of good episodes in that. When whenever you get through uh, watching uh, Clone Wars, um, I rec- I recommend watching Rebels because that's pre- pretty cool. It takes place between uh, episode three and four just to kind of give you some context. Oh, okay, there. yeah. Uh, in addition to that, uh, Gotham is back. Uh, have you watched Gotham at all? I haven't. I, I really wanted to, but then at some point I decided I wanted to like marathon it, so i just been staying away for now. Okay. It started out, and it just I didn't care for it that much, but I kept with it, and it's gotten a little bit better, I think. Um, the acting is pretty decent, but there's just some things about it that I still don't care for. It's not... It's not great, but for a first season, I think it's good enough to give it, you know, the entire run, and then go to the next season and see how next season is. Uh, but I'm looking forward to actually seeing how the show story that line that it has now kind of progresses forward. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And then in addition to that, Agent Carter, uh, because Agents of Shield is currently still on its its break. They are putting Agent Carter. In its place for the next, I think, seven weeks. Um, and so it's just a, a mini series that's uh, specifically uh, eight parts. So the first two parts aired back to back on Tuesday. And that's that I was impressed by it. I liked it a lot, actually. Uh, I think Haley Atwell uh, is the person who plays Agent Carter. Um, she's the same person that played her in the movies. Um, it, it does really well tying into the universe. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of had a falter because you know it seemed like every other episode they were referencing the Avengers, Iron Man, Thor, this and that. And they were doing it in a way that they were calling it out. You know, They were kind of drawing attention to it, whereas it felt forced. In Agent Carter, it ties in because it's in the 40s or you know, right not long after... Uh, the events of Captain America. Mm-hmm. It it references Cap um, because she had the personal connection to him. Like she'll be looking through something and it'll have a flashback to a scene in Captain America. It doesn't feel heavy-handed or forced. It actually feels natural and in it, right. So it it feels great and connected to that universe and in the right way. Whereas Agents of Shield took a little bit of time to figure out how to do that. So I definitely recommend Agent Carter as of now. Um, it's uh, it's actually definitely worth a watch. And during Agent Carter, they premiered the Ant-Man trailer. And I'm assuming you've seen that, right? Yeah, I did watch that. What'd you think? Um, I'm really interested. I, I guess it wasn't like a huge... Like when I watched the Avengers trailer and the Star Wars teaser trailer, I was super hyped and like just ready to go watch the movie right there and then. The Ant-Man trailer, I was just like, okay, this looks good. That's... Um, I'm... It looks, I, I expect it to be good, and that's, that's the way it looks. So I don't expect to be blown away by this movie, um, but I'm very interested. I think it's uh, interesting. Yeah. I'm. So 
Ant-Man's never been one of my favorite comic book characters. Um, the whole, his superpower is shrinking, but, you know, he retains his strength when he's small, so he's got superhuman strength when he's small kind of thing, but whatever. See, I, um, I don't know anything about his, that might be, I don't know why I'm kind of indifferent about him, his... I don't know anything about his superpowers other than that he shrinks really small um, mm-hmm. and that stuff, so. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not top on my list of Marvel movies that I want to see, but, I mean, they're, they're kind of getting to the point where they need to kind of, you know, bring out the other characters because, I mean, you're on Iron Man 3, you're on Cap 2, you're on Thor 2. Um, those actors can't stay around forever, and they got to keep it fresh. they got to keep things rolling. So... I'm looking forward to seeing it um, because it's not the central character uh, is not Hank Pym. Um, P- Hank Pym is played by the older character in the trailer. I think that's uh, Michael Douglas. Yeah. Um, and did you get the elusive man vibe off of him? I know Martin Sheen played the elusive man, but there was one scene in that trailer where he's sitting in front of these monitors that I was just like, that's that just totally reminds me of the elusive man from Mass Effect. <laughs> um, I didn't get that feel, but now I might as well go back and check it out. <laughs> But, yeah, I just, I got that feel from that for some reason. But uh, I think Paul Rudd will be okay. Uh, I'm excited to actually see, you know, the movie. I think it'll be interesting. Um, it's going to be a story about fathers and daughters, obviously. Because um, you can tell from, from the trailer that his daughter is probably sick, that he has to put on the suit to help her. Mm-hmm. So it looks it looks like it'll have heart, you know? Yeah. Uh, it looks like it'll be good. It won't be... Even though it's a guy in a suit, again, kind of like Iron Man, uh, he's not Iron Man, so he's not cocky like that. He's got a little bit of wit, yeah. Um, they'll probably have some good banter back and forth if they ever meet up, which I'm sure they will. Um, but it looks interesting. Uh, again, not the top of my list to you know, run out and see. Obviously, this year, um, as far as comic book movies go, The Avengers Age of Ultron is that movie. Um, and then I'm definitely going to see Ant-Man, though. Anyway, that's uh, what I've been entertained by. All right, Nathan. So I have been playing... Uh, I actually played a little Destiny this week, too. Um, not. I didn't get into the raid. Um, I'm still... I'm only... I'm a level 25. And uh, I had a friend on my PlayStation. Uh, he messaged me and asked me if I want to play. He's, he just picked it up a little while ago. So he's he actually was only at level 18 when we started playing together. Mm-hmm. So we just did a few um, strikes, which, I mean, I like you, I hadn't played in probably a month or more. Yeah. So I, I jumped in with him, and he actually, he enjoyed it. I think he was looking for someone else to run through some of that stuff with. So we'll probably actually end up going back and doing more strikes and going through uh, the extra content, because we both have the season pass. So mm-hmm. I got it, too. Um, and I haven't touched any of the new season pass stuff yet, so or expansion stuff. So I'm gonna run through some of that with him, uh, hopefully soon. Cool. But uh, I and took, you're you're playing on PS4, right? Yeah, I am. Okay. <clears throat> uh, but I also I took a break from Dragon Age, um, just because I'm starting to build this pile of shame of unfinished games. So <laughs> I went back to Far Cry Four. Uh, I haven't played it in probably two or three weeks now. So I'm about halfway through the uh, game right now. I think it tells you what percentage you are. I'm about 40%. But I'm doing all the extra content. And I you know, I go through and 
clear all the towers and uh, places before I move forward the story. So but, 40%, how much time have you put in there? I think I'm at 13 hours or something like that. Okay. So, but I mean, I, I think it's one of those games where you could uh, run through the story really quickly and probably finish it in less than 20. Mm-hmm. But I'm guessing by the time I'm done, I'll be over 30 hours for this game. Which, I, I that's a great, you know, I always look for games I can sink a lot of hours into before I start them. Because sometimes you, I, I'm not a huge fan of the story mission, or story games that you get and you finish them in 12 hours and then you're just kind of done. Yeah. So, some of them are good, some of them aren't, but. I got a buddy at work who's telling me that I need to get that and play with him. Um, I, I'm not opposed to it, but I'm like, you know, it's one of those games where I, I, I had Far Cry 3, uh, but I never played it. Oh, okay. So I don't know if I'd ever play Far Cry 4, but if he wants to play with me, I might get it. But it has to be on sale for like 30 bucks for me to want to get it. Yeah. I, I haven't tried the co-op yet. I heard it's a lot of fun because there's, there's some ridiculous stuff you can do to that game. You know, I always hear the example of throwing a bunch of C4 on an elephant charging it charging it into a base that sounds then, horrible it is very horrible but um you can do it and it's very effective so <laughs> but uh Poor i it's a lot of it's it out of the games i've played so far this year it's probably actually my favorite really um yeah i, I mean this year or last year uh well it came out last year but i mean i've mainly been playing it this year so far okay um the, or yeah the last month or so but i highly suggest it cool and then uh so ps plus games of this month came out last week and um usually they're you know average games i'm not that interested in them mm-hmm. uh this month ps plus uh for ps4 we got uh infamous first light which was the standalone dlc for infamous second son which was a great game. I finished that too. Um, so I'm excited to jump into that first light. And then we also got the Swapper, which I think is this atmospheric puzzle game. Uh, it came yeah. out on a lot of different uh, platforms, I believe. Um, have you played it at all? No. Uh, I just started it. It's very, very nice looking. Very. Um, it's got like this like alien vibe to it like old school like it's like sci-fi but it's old school technology looking um mm-hmm. except for the fact that you can make clones of yourself which is uh not well but um it's that's what you're using clones to solve puzzles and it looks like a lot of fun i can't wait to play more actually i just started before the podcast and i'm probably gonna play a little more afterwards and try to get through some levels mm-hmm. so that's where i'm at in the gaming front um, I've been crazy busy lately. Uh, like you said, I'm same boat as you were. Last week was my first week back of work, and this week was you know second week back from the holidays. And usually we have a really slow, easy January, February. Mm-hmm. But our uh, I work for a manufacturing company. We just we're picking up business left and right, and it's been crazy busy. And they're piling all these projects on top of me. <laughs> constantly every day it's something new and i barely have time to finish the previous day's projects but um so i've been working a lot and closing in on the big wedding date 
Um, we're getting married next February, me and my fiance. So wedding planning is in full force. And uh, if you want to stay busy, um, get married because that's, <laughs> that's a lot. You know, we're getting married. We're doing a destination wedding. So some of the planning is even harder, trying to plan all this stuff where you can't be there to actually physically talk to these people. But so yeah. that I've just been crazy busy lately. I'm excited, very excited. But Destination wedding is a nice way to do it, though. Um, I went to... One of our friends got married uh, not long after we got married. I think it was maybe a couple of years later. Um, and they had a destination wedding down in Destin. That was the first time I was actually ever at Destin. Oh, okay. Uh, Florida. Yeah. And uh, it was nice. I mean, it was, you know, there were maybe at most 30 people uh, that that were able to come down to it. Um, but, you know, when we got married, we had a wedding and it was here uh, locally. So we had, you know, a lot of, you know, friends and family came by. I forget how many people were actually on the, like the final guest list. It was, it was, I think three hundred or so. Oh, it it was obscene. Yeah. And as you know, you have to whittle down that guest list and just kind of get things going down. But having a destination is actually kind of nice because that way it doesn't have to be, um, it doesn't have to be a big event. Yeah. But at the same time, it it still is. Yeah. Um, so you don't have to worry about you know people that show up that may not be uh uh on the list per se yeah absolutely <laughs> or you know th- like wedding crashers things like that but uh I, I would if i had to do it again i think a destination wedding would be a good choice um but i can't say that i would necessarily do it but i think i would but i don't know i, I wouldn't be opposed let's just say that yeah it's a it's a lot of fun but because i mean i i have had some like distant relatives that i know they thought we were being a little selfish because really it's a vacation mixing with our uh wedding so and mm-hmm. we're inviting you know a smaller group to join us with that but we'll be having a big party you know here next uh and we're gonna do like a wedding party at our house next summer mm-hmm. but um yeah i'm really excited for that so can't wait to get out of this crappy michigan weather <laughs> so i don't it's been crappy here in illinois too yeah yeah though so we got a big storm Earlier this week, um, I think we got like a foot and a half of snow in like 24 hours. Nice. Uh, it was insane. Lake effect. Yeah, exactly. Lake effect snow, which, um, well, because I'm over by Grand Rapids and uh, they just it hit us hard and, you know, of course, um, everyone ever seen in school, and, you know, the state is closed, but we're all still expected to be at work at six in the morning, so mm-hmm. that was a fun drive for a couple of days, <clears throat> but. Lots of fun with that. So busy, busy, busy. Uh, TV front. Um, I'm kind of just been watching Netflix here and there. Still working my way through Friends. Uh, I actually got the fiance <laughs> and watching Friends a little bit. So, you know, it's kind of one of those throwaway. You just throw it on before bed and just kind of don't have to pay attention. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people say similar. Um, you know, similar reactions is just. Throw one on, watch one or two before bed, maybe even just fall asleep watching or something like that. Exactly. But yeah. It, which is the main purpose that we use it for. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if uh, How I Met Your Mother. I don't know if you ever got into that show, but... Towards the end of the run, I got into it. Uh, so How I Met Your Mother is pretty much a direct clone of Friends. Uh, like, it's, it's weird how close they followed the same exact premise. You know, they all meet in a bar and How I Met Your Mother... They all meet in a coffee shop and friends, hmm. you know, same stuff. So 
if you like how i central met perk your... yeah exactly um if anyone uh, liked how i met your mother and enjoyed it and uh i would suggest trying to get into friends plus uh you know we're starting for the first season some of the 90s uh style like just oh, man. technology you know you see them whip out a cordless phone and it's the size of a brick you know or bigger uh-huh. uh that's actually kind of entertaining now so um <laughs> i saw a screenshot and i saw i think his name is ross wearing this weird sweater but that was totally okay in the 90s but today it just looks out of place oh yeah they're all wearing these super baggy sweaters uh-huh. and or vests and it's uh, very hilarious so still watching that here and there with the uh, fiance and then i've actually been watching getting back into uh house of cards uh-huh. so i've i've finished house of cards i've I watched the first season, and I, I watched the second season as soon as it came out. I'm a huge fan. Kevin Spacey is amazing. Kevin uh, Spacey is amazing um, in that show. Which, it's, House of Cards is Kevin Spacey. It's all, it's his show. All of his lines, you know, are, you know, amazing. And it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's a fun show to watch, in a, like, in a weird way, but it's, you know, you watch Kevin Spacey or some of these other actor, actresses and actors actors and they're like mesmerizing like you just can't help but watch and like listen to every word they're saying mm-hmm. so i've been working through that i think the next season of house of cards actually comes out in the, within the next few months so uh I, that's kind of what got me into i'm working my way through season one and i'll work my way through season two in anticipation for season three have you seen season two yes yeah i finished season okay. two yeah okay so, uh, which season two, I love, I liked a lot more in season one. So I'm really curious what happened. Like, I don't know exactly where they're going to go with season three. I mean, they do leave some th- things hanging in season two, mm-hmm. but, um, maybe we could dive into that someday. Oh yeah. That would be, that'd be good. Um, that, that show, one of the things I really like about it is his monologues, you know, his, his little, how he outlines his whole plots and oh, yeah. schemes and things it's just and then it just happens the way he says it's gonna happen i know like I know. oh man yeah my fiance is like so what's this show about um i'm like well uh kevin spacey sets all these people up and the, uh does exactly what he thinks they're gonna do and he's awesome that's what the show's about <laughs> it's basically a modern day emperor palpatine yeah I mean, <laughs> very good point yeah uh <laughs> and that's actually a really good analogy um but yeah, it's a fun, it's a good show to watch. If anyone hasn't seen it, uh, rush to your Netflix, after you finish the podcast, rush to your <laughs> Netflix account and uh, start watching away. Yeah, and if, I mean, that could be something that, like you said, we uh, do a little bit of a discussion on at some point too. So Absolutely, I'd love to get into cool. that. Be a very in-depth political discussion. Yeah, and I, do, I don't like politics. I don't either. <laughs> I, I haven't liked a lot of other political shows. But, I mean, there's more to this show than that. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting how well I like this movie or show. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think we're going to jump into some news. Um, but first, I think maybe we want to bring up the fact that hopefully uh, our, our audio is probably going to sound a little different this week. But me and Nathan have upgraded. That's right. We're in the 21st century <laughs> yeah. is that what it is now i uh yeah i think so um but yeah me and nate both picked up new mics and so hopefully our voices sound uh better they'll probably sound a little different but 
hopefully more clear and uh, I feel more professional now. Yeah, I I set my I actually moved into my office today um, because the past couple times I've been recording just solely off of my laptop and just used a headset you know plugged into there. But with these mics that we got, they they set pretty much like on a tripod on the desktops. So I had to move in my office so that way I had it positioned in the right spot and it was just stable. Um, and I also just went ahead and booted up my computer too. So I have my show notes up here. I have my Mac over here recording everything. I got a Skype call running. I feel professional. Yeah, actually now that you say that, I feel more unprofessional since I'm uh, <laughs> sitting in my living room with a sleeping dog next to me. Bunch hey, I got a sleeping dog next to me too. It's okay. <laughs> a bunch of empty beer bottles and candy laying around. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, um, so that's where we're at. We're, we're feeling a lot better about the show, and hopefully my audio issues because that's been a big problem for me. Or you know, I've been con- self conscious about it, but very exciting for us. Yeah, I mean, from my perspective, I think you sound pretty good this year or this week. So hopefully, uh, any audio issues that we have had in the past if you stuck around past those thank you um and if you didn't go back and listen to those episodes you may not want to (laughs) but uh yeah so we're both uh both trying to make things sound a little bit more um you know production value you know absolutely we're putting a lot of production value into this Mm -hmm. um all right well let's move into the news uh it's a huge news week this uh, huge yeah huge week of news yeah it was uh me and nate have been talking about it all week you know it's like this story and this story and this story you know you got comic book news movie news uh video game news and then ces was this week so tons mm-hmm. of technology and tv news and it's just been a crazy week for news so we're gonna try to rush through or get through some of the stuff um give you as much information as we can that we uh find entertaining yeah, and I'm going to be completely honest and say I saw a little bit of stuff from CES, um, but there was just so much, you know, as far as, you know, entertainment news and other things like that, that I didn't get a chance to keep track of all of it. So I'm hoping that Justin picked up all the stuff I didn't see. Well, maybe. We'll see when we get there. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start out with some news. Um, and as you all know, I'm a fan of Star Wars. So, uh, and I just want to bring up, uh, there's a couple Star Wars things on the news docket for today. Uh, episodes 1, 2, and 3, I know some people say those are the movies that are not so great. They're all part of Star Wars, so they're all part of the same saga, so it's all the same thing for me. Um, I'm a fan of all the Star Wars movies. Um, but you saw, or episode 1 was available to watch in 3D uh, a couple years back. Um, and there was a plan to do uh, two and three as well, but before Disney bought uh, Star Wars, uh, two and three didn't come out, and they were actually canceled. But they were completed, and if you are a Star Wars fan who is interested in seeing them in 3D uh, on the big screen, you'll be able to do so in Anaheim uh, at Star Wars Celebration in April. So if you're planning on going to Star Wars Celebration, um, you'll be able to go and see Star Wars Episodes 1, 2, and 3 in 3D. Now, I'm not a huge fan of 3D, honestly, um, but I know if you go and watch it there, it will look the best. It'll be probably be the best 3D movie you've ever seen in a theater, I can guarantee that, because um, it'll be all THX certified and everything will be done properly 
the uh, projector will have the proper uh, lumen bulb in it so it'll project it bright enough so you can see everything. Because that's a big problem with a lot of these uh, theaters that do 3D showings is that they're, they're too dark. And when they're too dark, it doesn't, the 3D pop doesn't happen as well. So I uh, don't want to belabor this point too much, but if you want to see episodes 1, 2, and 3 in 3D, you'll be able to do so this year in Anaheim. Uh, sticking with Star Wars, um, at the first of the year, I think I mentioned this uh, last week, uh, Star Wars reverted to Marvel, so it went from Dark Horse to Marvel. And you can also, uh, if you were looking to get them digitally, um, you can get them on Comixology now. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Comixology, but it's a, it's a great little app that you can get on your smartphone, your uh, tablets, and it, it, it's really in my opinion, probably one of the best ways to read a comic because it has what's called Guided View. And I think the Dark Horse app had something similar. But with Guided View, it, it takes you cell by cell. So the, my problem when I read a comic, I look at, this, at that whole page and I kind of see what's coming. So you don't get the, the full effect of a, of a dialogue choice or you know if something big happened and they draw a big picture. You see it all when you turn to that page. With Guided View, you don't see it until you are ready to see it. So it's my preferred way to read a comic, obviously. Um, so Star Wars comics that are now becoming available on Comixology, so if you are interested in checking them out digitally, uh, you can do so. And one more thing on the Star Wars front. Um, episode 7 action figures are going to be on sale September 4th. So... I don't know how many people are looking forward to that as much as I am, uh, <laughs> but I'm excited to see what they have, honestly. Um, so if you look at the trailer that was out there, um, that BB droid, uh, the, the rolling ball, I think they call him BB-8, uh, that'll be a cool figure to have. I'd like to see what they do as far as figures for that droid. And then Rilo Ken, which is uh, the person who had the red lightsaber mm -hmm. with the cross guards. Yeah. Um, I, I want to see what they do for his action figure. I think they have a lot of cool things they can do for that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it because, you know, Star Wars action figures are always nice things to have as collectibles. Um, I have a few uh, that I have, obviously, just in storage is uh, not taken out of the package, but I have some that are displayed, too. So, and I'm looking at one right now, which is a Darth Malgus statue, which is pretty cool that I like. And I also have a Senate guard that's also looking at me right now. So, Senate <laughs> <laughs> so guard staring like, at you, staring uh -huh. you down, telling you how, me down, how, how you should be podcasting. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, it's it's always nice to uh, to see what the new figures are, what what new things come out. I I I think I've made a decision in my mind. Um, I don't believe I will try to collect these figures, um, but I think I might just continue what I've been doing. And if there's a cool one. Um, picking it up here and there, yeah, um, and not being too concerned about trying to collect an entire series because if there's one thing that gets way too difficult to try to collect an entire series of, it's a Star Wars action figure. Uh, well, you would know that the best out of any <laughs> anyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, I so I think so. Is this is this a certain company that's gonna be coming out with them on September fourth or? Is this um, like a band, like a Marvel saying, like a release date that Marvel says any company can start doing action figures? Uh, it's gonna be a specific company. I believe it's Hasbro. Okay. Um, that's that's got the license to do them. Okay. Um, 
So that will be uh, nice to see when that happens, actually, to, to see them come out. Yeah. I know that there will be uh, other companies like Sideshow who makes more premium format stuff. Uh, they'll that, be probably releasing some, too. That's what I was kind of wondering about. Is this is September 4th the date that all come, you know, some of those, because some of those premium figures, I might be more interested in those because I'm the kind of guy that will only buy one or two, maybe. You know, I, I'm working on the, the basement right now, so that's my idea is to have a few, I would love to have a few Star Wars characters down there. And if I'm going to get one or two, I feel like I might as well get one of those really premium, nice looking mm-hmm. ones. So I was mm-hmm. curious about that. But yeah, so I mean, those will probably come out around the same time, honestly. Yeah. Um, because that's probably about the time where uh, Lucasfilm or Disney would start showing um, more trailers, more concept art might come out about that time. Um, but that's probably about the time when you see a lot more stuff come through. Well, that's a, uh, that's, I think it's that giving us that date also tells us that we're probably going to have at least a few more trailers and a lot more information because. I mean, if figures are coming out, then you know what these characters look like. So, you that also means you're gonna get a lot more other you know video information. I'm sure because they're not gonna show us what Kylo Ren looks like with an action figure first. They're probably gonna show us in video form. I'd mm-hmm. assume. I could yeah. be wrong. I mean, you might get an action figure. I mean, they've done it in the past where an, an action figure or the description on the back of the action figure actually says something that it's not supposed to and kind of spoils, you know, people yeah. who haven't seen the movie. Um, or, you know, it's a spoiler for some people. But uh, I'm hoping that that doesn't happen. Uh, in this day and age, It's it would be nice to see them keep as much under wraps as they can so that we were excited and surprised when we see it in the theater. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you uh, were aware, but back in episode one when it came out, there was a... Uh, the soundtrack for it, and there was a track on it called Qui-Gon's Noble End. Oh. <laughs> so, and that soundtrack came out a couple of weeks before the movie. Yeah. So you're listening to the soundtrack, and you're like, hey, cool, what song is this? What? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's funny. I, I We're going to get spoilers for this movie before it comes out, I think. But hopefully it's, hopefully it's a kind of spoiler where you have to go out and seek it out. Mm-hmm. You know, this movie is... The, probably going to be the biggest release of the year. And mm-hmm. when stuff gets hyped this much, it's in- inevitable that we're going to get some spoilers. But yeah, hopefully it's not something silly like an action figure, you know, a storyline on an action figure or something. Right. Hopefully there's no track that says Han's death. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Don't. Hey, don't even talk like that. He's never going to die. <laughs> Oh man, I I'm looking forward to it though. Uh, I I don't want Han to die, but I mean, you can't you can't hold on to those characters forever. That's true. So right. moving moving from Star Wars, uh, we got a little bit of comic news, uh, comic book movie news rather. Um, do you know the character Gambit from X Men? He was my favorite character when I was a kid. Actually, I love Gambit. I was I was a big fan of the um, TV show when I was a kid, mm-hmm. so that's how I originally got into X Men and then you know the movies and I've I I think I had a few comics when I was a kid too and I would love to get back into some of the comics, but yeah I think Gam- Gambit's an awesome character. Yeah, Gambit was always 
whenever I was introduced to him, it was in the 90s with that, that same uh, show. Um, and so when I think of Gambit, I always think of that portrayal of Gambit. Um, but there's going to be a standalone Gambit movie. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be coming out next year on October 7th. And guess who's playing Gambit? Um, well, Gambit is the Raging Cajun, mm-hmm. so I have no idea. I don't know who could pull that off. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure he'll do fine with it because I think he's actually Southern. I don't know if he's from New Orleans area or, uh, or what, but Channing Tatum is yeah. going to be playing uh, officially uh, Gambit on the uh, Gambit film coming out in October 7th. 2016. Yeah. Um, now, I I had seen a, a while ago, I think he was kind of teasing that he was working on it. Now, I don't know where people got it in their heads that like he would be Gambit, or maybe just some something leaked where that he was thinking about it. But I think it, he mentioned before that he, he likes, if he was ever to play a comic book character, I think the question was asked and he said Gambit. Yeah, which I think I, I really like that idea that... Um, he kind of came up with the idea and pushed himself into that role. Because if, you know, sometimes you get a sense with, you don't want a actor who knows absolutely nothing about comic books, knows nothing about their character, and just tries to go in there and act it out. Uh-huh. I mean, sometimes actors do that and they work well, but, I mean, you look at uh, Robert Downey Jr., and he has become Iron Man. I mean, oh, he embraces it completely. And uh, that, so I think that's you might get that same um, thing from Channing Tatum, where he's gonna embrace this role. So uh, he's not who I would have like thought of first of the head, but um, especially because the char- that character was in um, another a Wolverine movie actually, mm-hmm. and by played by a different actor, but that was Taylor a small. Kicks- Keach, like yeah, Kirch. Um, but that was a small role. He was only in the movie for, you know, probably 20 minutes or 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm a, I'm really excited for this. Gambit's a really fun character. Yeah. I'm um, looking forward to it. But I mean, at the same time, so in 2016, there's going to be, I think, three um, X-Men-based universe movies coming out uh, in 2016. Yeah. So... You have Gambit, Apocalypse, and I believe there's another Wolverine movie coming out. And they're, that's not even counting. In 2016, also, we're getting um, the DC uh, Dawn of Justice, the Justice League, not Justice League, Batman vs. Superman movie. Um, and then we're also getting, I think, is that when Doctor Strange comes out, too? Um, uh, could be, possibly. Which I don't, we, I don't, we weren't around when that news came out, but... Um... I'm excited for that. Doctor Strange, uh, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch will be playing him, mm-hmm. so that's exciting. But yeah, so it sounds like 2016 might maybe the year that we're flooding too many comic book movies out into the, the free world. That could be the year. I mean, because also, uh, I believe you have in 2016 the next Spider-Man series movie. Oh, okay. Um, so you're going to have a lot of stuff in 2016. And that could be the year that the market just gets too much and everything starts to sour after that. Yeah. That could be, you know, this could be the last great year of comic book movies. Yeah. We'll see. I'm uh, Stuff like uh, the Wolverine movies so far, at least the last the last movie um, that came out, which I think is the same tone they're going with going forward, mm-hmm. was a really great movie. 
and it didn't didn't exactly have like a super comic booky feel to it. I mean, obviously it does because, um, but I mean, a lot of those movies just they're all different in their own little way. So as long as they feel that way, but all the Marvel movies have kind of the same feel. So that I could see a problem with too many Marvel movies coming out in one year. Yeah. Yeah, um, but it'll be interesting to see how it all works out because I'm sure that they're trying to build their own universe just with all the X-Men characters that Fox has. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, sticking with the Marvel front too, um, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, we're going to be having a new reoccurring character played by Edward James Olmos. Oh, well, we, now, we have no idea who you... that is, right? <laughs> well, I was going to ask, have you seen uh, the more recent Battlestar Galactica? Oh no, I haven't. Oh, so he was uh, he was the commander uh, of the Battlestar Galactica ship uh, in that, and he did an awesome job. He was great, oh. but he is a a very storied actor. He is awesome uh, in everything that I've seen him in. But I'm looking forward to seeing what he does in Agents of Shield. Hopefully, they use him well um, and don't just you know use him as a villain of the week type thing or whatever he ends up being. Um, hopefully, he's a good guy actually. But, yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what he brings to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I mean, I'm, not, I'm not a huge fan of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. yet. I plan on getting into it. But um, it's always good to see good actors like that go into that show. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's actually a lot of Marvel news this week. Yeah. Um, Netflix, uh, the Daredevil TV show. Um, I, I think we may have mentioned this once before, but, again, this was announced... Uh, a while back but it's going to be premiering um and they'll be doing the same kind of thing as they do with house of cards where they put their entire first season out on one day um so that first season is going to be available on april 10th Woohoo! so i don't know about you i'm actually pretty excited about this to see what marvel proper does with uh daredevil now um because i always liked daredevil and i i I actually like that movie, uh, too, that they did, um, with, um... Ben Affleck. Uh, ben Affleck, yeah. Batfleck. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Like, he's gone from the blind, uh, attorney to the, the bat? Yeah, it's, uh, very interesting. But, I mean, at this, like you said, with all these, mo- these comic book movies, there are certain actors that are doing different properties now, because there's only so many good actors out there in all of these, uh, characters. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to that one. Um, I think that'll be good. Uh, this is just the first of the four that were announced to come out. Um, off the top of my head, I can't remember all the other ones that were announced, but I think it was Luke Cage, yep. uh, Jessica Jones, and there was another one. Yeah, I'm not I'm not as familiar, because uh, this is all leading to a eventually Defenders uh, mm-hmm. uh, show. Yep. So, which I'm, I'm assuming is probably at this point, you know, years down the road. Yeah, that's but it's gotta be a ways off. Yeah, but I'm not familiar with any. You know, I'm familiar with Daredevil. He's the most iconic out of that group. Uh, mm-hmm. Then maybe Luke Cage might be for the comic book fans the most, then the second most popular. But I'm not familiar with him at all. But yeah, because yeah. this is a uh, Marvel Studios proper, correct? Yep, this is the same group that's making Agents of Shield, Agent Carter, all those good, uh, good ones. Yeah, so I mean, I'm a huge fan of like Netflix as a medium. I mean, that's basically all I have at this point. I have basic 
cable and Netflix. Mm-hmm. And so they're coming out with this Daredevil show, uh, which should be phenomenal. I'm I'm hoping. Um, and they have a whole slate of new uh, shows that are only going to be on Netflix coming out this year. So and they they've already killed it with uh, House of Cards and a few other shows. Mm-hmm. So I'm always happy to hear. I mean, besides the fact that it's a comic book uh, show, but all the other shows that are in development, I'm really uh, glad to see Netflix doing their own shows. Uh, I think it's I think it's good to put some of the cable companies um, on their toes a little bit by mm-hmm. premiering these shows on Netflix only. Yeah. And I'm I'm pretty beholden, honestly, to uh, uh, Netflix a little bit because they they kind of saved the Clone Wars at the end. Um, the there's a sixth season I think they call it the Lost Missions mm-hmm. um, that were you know completed, but um, after the acquisition by Disney, they weren't going to be premiering on Cartoon Network anymore. So um, and they had to find a distribution place to to put them. And Netflix stepped in and put the uh, sixth season on there. Oh, okay. So that was a uh, that made me a, a fan of Netflix, honestly, uh, because they did that. So yeah. I'm looking forward to see what they what they can pull off here with this. Other than the Star Wars, the only other thing I've seen that's been in like a Netflix production is House of Cards. Yeah. Um, I know they've done a, a a lot of stuff, but none of them have really, you know, um, caught my eye. Yeah, there was. Um... Hemlock Grove was another show that was maybe some of our um, listeners have are interested in that. It was a werewolf vampire kind of story. It was it was really really weird, but um, it was a good show. It had really you know good production. So if you ever we don't have I mean we don't have extra time these days, but if you ever <laughs> had if you ever had a few extra you know extra time, it would be something to check out. It, I I finished the first season of that and that was interesting. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Um, uh, one more thing on the comic book front, um, and this is just you know, I I mentioned that I, I don't know if I mentioned this on on the show actually, but I like scores, movie scores. Um, so, you know, if you if you think of like you know Casino Royale, uh, the actual score that was underneath that that was the instrumental music. Uh, a lot of movies have good scores, like John Williams does the Star Wars music and things like that. So one more piece of Marvel news, uh, the composer for Fantastic Four and Ant-Man, uh, they w- were both announced this week as well. Uh, for Ant-Man, it's going to be uh, Christoph Beck. Christoph Beck. Uh, he did Frozen, Edge of Tomorrow, The Hangover. Um, and he's also going to be doing Terminator Genesis, uh, Hot Tub Time Machine 2, there you go, and the <laughs> Peanuts movie. Oh. Um, so as minute. far as... Wait a minute. Stop all the... Are you stop telling the me presses? Gonna, yeah, stop the presses. Are you telling me there's gonna be a Peanuts movie? Yeah, it's oh. coming out this year. All right, I, I'm way behind. I'm way out. I didn't know this. <laughs> All right, uh, we're it's not like you do an entertainment podcast yeah, need... or anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, continue, Chris, Christoph Beck. Christoph Beck, yeah. Um, and so, out of those movies, uh, I've seen Edge of Tomorrow, and I really enjoyed Edge of Tomorrow. I think I've mentioned that before. Yeah, that was a um, great movie. Yeah. So, and I, from what I remember, the score was. Uh, pleasing to listen to. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to see what he does with Ant-Man. Um, and also, Fantastic Four is going to be uh, the same person who did The Hurt Locker, Snowpiercer, 
and the Homesman. Uh, so, but it's going to be Marco Beltrami. Okay. Marco Beltrami. And I don't, uh, I don't, I haven't seen Snowpiercer, although I want to. I know that's on Netflix right now. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen Hurt Locker. Um, uh, Hurt he also Locker. did. Hurt Locker was really a fantastic movie. I don't, I mean, it was a long time ago now, so I don't remember the score. Um, but that was one of those movies that had a lot of high tension moments. So mm. I can only imagine the uh, the story that the um, score was well done. Yeah, um, I have seen the Wolverine. We talked about that. He scored that. Oh, okay. Yep, that was a good movie. Um, or he was at least part of the score on it. A World War Z, Live Free and Die Hard as well. So that's what he has in his uh, wheelhouse. Okay. So it'll be it'll be nice to see uh, those movies and to listen to those scores when they come out because. A lot of times when those movies come out, I'll end up picking up their scores, too, and listening to them. Um, moving on to video game-related uh, movies. The Assassin's Creed movie has a release date, and that's going to be December 21st, 2016. So, again, that's going to be on next year's slate of movies. Next year is going to be a huge year for movies. We think this year is going to be huge, which it is. But next year is going to have even more because next year is also going to have another Star Wars movie, too. Uh, that hasn't had the release date announced yet. Okay. One, one of the standalone movies. One of the standalone movies, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so, quick. I mean, I don't know if you have anything to say on that. I mean, I the only thing I really hope is... um, <laughs> I really hope this movie launches with no bugs. <laughs> um, or, at the so... very least, <laughs> maybe they can include that, uh, that, that face-melting image of the man with no face. Uh, I'd really like that, too. Anyways, what, moving on. <laughs> what ha- what would you do, or what would happen if you walked into the theater, and then like half the screen was not rendered, and it was just like you when they had green screen shots or mocap, it was just them in the mocap suit. Um, if if they can get away with this with games, there no. So they need to sell you a ticket, and you need to wait, and then they they release a a patch that has to apply to the movie before you can actually watch the movie, and then you have to watch the previews again. I I think at that point I would just applaud. You know, I don't know if you ever seen that gif of that man applauding in the uh, auditorium, but that that'd be me just sitting there clapping, my clapping away. You know, bravo. Because that that would almost be a feat of itself to uh, ruin another uh, Assassin's Creed medium. So yeah, I just you know, the things that the video game industry gets away with would not work in any other industry. Yeah, very like, true. The, you can't send an unfinished movie, although some have been unfinished, um, <laughs> to a to a theater and expect yeah. it to do well. Yeah, um, very very weird world we live in where you can just release a game and expect to make it work later. Uh-huh. Or release a book and the first couple chapters aren't there, or there's no ending. I mean, come on. Yeah, uh, we'll 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 uh, mail you the ending um, in like three months. Yeah. Oh, well. So anyway, uh, that was just a little bit of uh, uh, news on that side of things. Um, kind of tying in uh, anime as well. Um, have you ever heard of the show Ghost in the Shell? I have not. So that's a, a pretty good... There was a movie, and I think there was a, a, a series that went on for for quite a while. Um, but it's, it's worth watching. It was actually one of the anime I would recommend. Um uh, there is a movie coming out, uh, and it's going to be 
starring Scarlett Johansson. Very interesting. So she, she's she's hot right now. I mean, everybody yeah. kind of wants her. Like she did well in the movie called Lucy. Um, she opened up against uh, Hercules, which was uh, Dwayne Johnson's movie, and she yeah. outperformed him. Plus, yeah. everybody likes her with her Black Widow performance too. Yeah, she doesn't shy away from the comic booky stuff. So I think that's cool. I haven't seen Lucy yet, but I'm I do want to see that. Yeah, and of course yeah. her Avengers and Iron Man performances were good. So. Mm-hmm. And I liked her. There was a movie when she was just starting out, kind of. She wasn't super famous yet. Um, it was a Michael Bay movie. She started with Ewan McGregor. It was called The Island. Did you ever oh, see that? Yeah, I I actually I had, I had just rewatched that recently for some weird reason, and that was <laughs> actually like a good movie. I thought so, anyways. I need to go back and watch it again, because um, I, I remember that movie, just like, you know, parts of it. I don't remember the whole the plot or the pl- premise, but I want to go back and watch that again, because I she's she's impressed me as an actress, honestly. She does really good physical roles. She can hit emotional performances. Uh, I didn't see her, but I heard that her acting just as a voice was really good, too. Oh, uh, and her, which, if any of our fans, or you haven't watched that movie yet, Go out mm-hmm. and see it. I mean, for anyone who's into technology or stuff like that, I highly suggest that movie. It was a good one. Cool. I'll have to put that on my list because that that would be interesting to see how she pulls off as just a, a voice, like a Siri type thing. Yeah. Um, so moving on from that, uh, there's going to be the new series or the new season of Game of Thrones will be premiering in April. Off the top of my head, I don't have the article up that shows me uh, the date. But it's mm-hmm. going to be premiering in April. Um, but ahead of that, the IMAX is going to be um, showing the Game of Thrones at two select episodes. They haven't announced which ones yet. And the next season trailer in an IMAX showing. So if you want to go and watch, I don't know what episodes they would put. Maybe the Red Wedding. Uh, I don't know. Uh, in the IMAX theater. Uh, this is the first TV show, I think, uh, that has been converted to IMAX. Yeah. So it's kind of a big deal. Yeah, I, that's what, that's. I mean, I could. I don't. I don't think I'll go see. Maybe I will, cause like, why not? Cause I'm a big fan of Game of Thrones, but just the fact that they're putting a TV show in IMAX is uh, pretty incredible. So mm-hmm. it show it just shows how big that show has been, and I'm honestly a little surprised how big Game of Thrones is, cause it's not. Mm-hmm. It's a. It's a like a fantasy world that usually isn't popular with everyone mm-hmm. and but everyone loves it i don't know yeah it's one of those lightning in a bottle type things i just i don't know what caused it to to take off the way it did in the in the general culture but i mean it's it's big now yeah um but i have to say that i have some trepidation um with going because whenever there's a gathering in game of thrones it doesn't end well so <laughs> If there's a gathering of people to go see Game of Thrones, I don't know. <laughs> I'd just be... Yeah. I might stay away from that a little bit. I could see that happening, yeah. But, I don't know. Um, but maybe if Liam Neeson's there, he could protect me. Oh, but, yeah. Because um, he apparently is very protective. Uh-huh. There is a... I forget the actress's name, but she plays his daughter uh, in the Taken movies. And there was a, just a little nice little news article uh, that she was talking about how it was like to work with Liam Neeson, and he uh, he did his whole phone call thing uh, to an ex boyfriend of hers who had you know 
you know, broken her heart or messed with her emotions. And he he did his little car his call saying you know he had a particular set of skills, um, and that he needs to man up and be a man. Uh, you can listen to the recording. I think they played it on the Conan O'Brien show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought that was really funny. Yeah, I had seen that news article too. So it's always fun to see, you know, an actor, you know, kind of get into his role like that or something, you know. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, and honestly, if you get a call from Liam Neeson and he's doing that voice and he's just talking to you and you have no idea what's happening, you're going to you're gonna straighten up, right? I mean, you're going <laughs> to... You're gonna, you're gonna listen to what he has yeah, to say. You're gonna mind your p's and q's, as they would say. Uh huh. Yep. Um. So let's transition a little bit out of uh, the hard entertainment news into maybe a little bit more gaming side. Um. There is an article, or an announcement, I should say, that was uh, earlier this week. I don't remember if it was Monday or Tuesday. It was announced, but I think it was part of CES actually. Yeah. Um. That Xbox One and Sling will be partnering. Um, and so what they'll be doing is bringing an app uh, to the Xbox One that allows you to use a Sling service. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be 20 bucks a month. Yeah. And it lets you... There's a, there's a whole you know list of TV channels that you'll be able to watch live TV as well as VOD content, um, including is like Cartoon Network and uh, ESPN. Yeah. Uh, so ESPN is, is pretty huge, honestly. Um, I think that's probably the headliner because if you can watch Monday Night Football or other live sporting events that they're going to have on ESPN, that's that's a huge get. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, Sling TV is. I think that's like the big announcement. Uh, I think it's the first. Yeah, I mean, it's the first time ESPN's been on another source other than TV, and mm-hmm. for only twenty bucks a month, because you always hear from you know cable cutters that sports is the one thing keeping them from getting rid of their uh their cable because mm-hmm. you got espn and espn2 well if you have espn and espn2 on this service and you have a decent hd antenna or something you can pick up all your local channels so mm-hmm. that almost takes care of all your sports needs mm-hmm. um for you know for just those two 20 bucks a month and you throw in netflix and maybe hulu mm-hmm. um I mean, and that cuts that. That's your that's all your channels that you need right there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like you said, uh, I know TNT and TBS is also part of that, and so that very and, funny. Um, very interesting um, announcement from them, and I think yeah. it's from Dish Network actually. That's starting the Sling TV, but yeah, they're partnering with Microsoft. Um, it's. Ex- I think it's going to be on a lot of platforms, but as far as... It's not going to be on the PlayStation. It's exclusive to Xbox One as far as gaming platforms. For the platforms. time being. Yeah. I mean... That, that, they, you know what I mean? There was weird wording about how that was. Because um, I think it's exactly what it said as Xbox One exclusivity for the launch of Sling TV. Right. So, I mean, you have to think that Microsoft is putting a little bit of money behind that, too, to kind of get some funding into it. Yeah. Um and maybe there's, you know, a year of exclusivity that they have with the service. Yeah. Um, or maybe it's like EA Access, and maybe um, they offered it to PlayStation, and PlayStation said no. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I mean... There hasn't been a whole lot of details on that side yet. Yeah. I mean, I don't think PlayStation said anything about it, but PlayStation's also got... Um, it's called PlayStation View coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's in beta right now in certain cities, which is their TV service. 
which is supposed to be really similar, uh, you know, live TV and on-demand stuff. But I'm not, I don't, I mean, I don't think they had ESPN, but I don't think the official TV listings came out for that. I mean, that's, that service isn't coming out, I don't think, anytime real soon. But Sling so TV that, seems like it really is, you know, a big hitter. That makes me wonder then, because, you know, when, when EA Access came out, it was announced that EA offered it to Sony as well, but they said no. Uh, because it would compete with their own service. Yeah. Do you do you think? I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they did the same exact thing with this Sling service because they were starting their own service and it would compete. I wouldn't be surprised um, at all, but I do think that this is such a big announcement or big. This is going to be a big hit. A lot of people are going to get the Sling TV. I'm positive of that. I mean, ESPN's a huge get, and I don't think they can ignore Sling TV. So. Even if it does compete with uh, PlayStation View, I think they will uh, work with Sling to get or Dish Network, whatever, to get Sling on PlayStations eventually. Yeah, but I think that being that it's not tied down to a specific platform, so Sling is not tied down to an Xbox, because you can get onto your iPhone or your Android or whatever, as long as they have an app and get onto it. With PlayStations, you might you'll be pretty much tied down to that device or maybe the like the vita possibly Mm -hmm. but exactly i mean they have the playstation tv but i don't think that's selling really well and uh it's still tied down to a playstation family of uh products yeah i mean i'd be i'd be more inclined to go if even if i had a playstation 4 and an xbox one i'd be inclined to go with the sling service because if i'm out of town and i'm on like a business trip or something and i want to watch you know, Monday Night Football game, uh, I'll have that on my iPad or whatever and be able to watch live TV with that. Whereas if I just had the PlayStation View service for the same price and I, you know, just had my iPad with me, I might not be able to use the service. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's uh, really interesting news. I'm really curious about it because, yeah, I don't have cable right now. Um, and I, I want to completely get rid of my cable eventually. I keep it mm-hmm. really because I get my local channels and I also got HBO, which HBO is going to be launching standalone uh, HBO this year. So I, you know, between this and that, and not long before I can just get rid of Comcast completely. Yeah, I mean that's that's my goal too. Is but uh, was it? I have until the end of this year. I'm under some sort of contract with uh, my cable provider for TV. I want to cut my TV out completely and just get the internet service. Yeah. Um, because, especially with this now, it's yeah. going to make it more feasible. I have an HD antenna, actually, in my garage that I mounted a while back. Um, but we don't get the best signal out here. Um, but I got enough signal to be able to watch, you know, sporting events and stuff like that. Like, you know, the football. Yeah. But then again, my team doesn't even, they don't even show them around here. They show the Bears or the Packers more than they do the Rams. Um so when I was competing with uh, being able to watch my show somewhere else. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm interested to see how it all how it plays out because definitely cord cutters. This is huge because, you know, like you said, you want to get rid of your Comcast. I want to get rid of my Mediacom. This is one step in that direction, especially with HBO uh, launching their standalone and cutting ties with cable. Yeah. I mean, the end of cable has to be in sight. You yeah. Know? I mean, and honestly, because Comcast is known as this big, 
you know, giant media company that doesn't treat their company, you know, their customers very well or whatever. But I mean, I haven't had any problems with Comcast. And my problem isn't with Comcast, the company. It's with I don't want to pay $120 a month for 500 channels when I only watch five of them. Mm-hmm. So I never watch the Travel Channel, but I'm paying for it, right? Exactly, you know I mean? exactly. And I, I, my, my end goal for what all this stuff would mean is maybe more of a uh, a la carte uh, service from my TV provider, because mm-hmm. I I would stay with that. And, you know, I I think they might realize that that I would stay if they provided me if I could just get FX and just get AMC and just get HBO. You know, I'd have speaking a of AMC, yeah. We gotta talk about something about AMC here in a second. I can finish <laughs> uh, no, I mean that's it. I mean that's that's my end goal is a la carte. You know, I don't mm-hmm. I don't need to get rid of cable. I mean, but you know I have internet and cable through the same company. But hopefully they start thinking about their business model. Yeah, uh, I didn't have this down on our show notes, but AMC um, put the date for Better Call Saul. It's gonna be debuting pretty soon. Oh yeah. Um, I'm. Are you looking forward to that? I'm interested in it because I, I watched Breaking Bad and stuff, but yeah, I, was, I don't know. Are you interested in Breaking in Better Call Saul? I was a huge fan, um, and Saul was like a very interesting character. I don't know. It'll be weird. I mean, it's the same people that were behind Breaking Bad, so I'm sure it'll be good, but it's it's not going to be Breaking Bad good. It's not going to be that same, oh my god, this is so amazing, and, you know, Walt is a mo- you know this weird transformation thing. Mm-hmm. But um, it'll be entertaining, I'm sure. They did announce too, no Walt, no Jesse in the first season at least. Yep. So, cause I know they had you know teased that maybe they'd be in the show eventually, but it looks like season one, we're not gonna see appearances from either of them. Which is, those are different shows at this point. I don't, I don't need to see Walt or Jesse and the and uh, Better Call Saul. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't either because I mean this is this is a prequel. This is before the events of Breaking Bad, so. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they do that because they would be completely different people. Exactly. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You'd see Walt as you know the good uh, family man teacher that he was before the events of Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. And you'd see Jesse as just the the kid, you know. Yeah. The uh, douchebag meth dealer. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um. But yeah. So that's exciting. Yeah. So I mean that's. That's a lot of news on that side, but there yeah. is one more piece on uh, before we move into the CES um, and uh, CES news. Yeah. Um, you want to cover this? Uh, yeah. So PS Now was a. F- it's becoming official. It's been in beta for uh, I don't know last six months, eight months, something. Uh, I've used it on my PS4. It worked fine, um, but it is going to be officially releasing uh, next. Tuesday, I believe, actually. Okay. Um, and they announced a subscription model, which a lot of people were asking for. It's going to be $20 a month or $45 for three months at a time. And that's, so 15 a month at that point. Yeah, exactly. So, And that's for all of the games and that are a part of the PlayStation Now service. Which, uh, so I don't know if they're going to be adding more games on Tuesday or not. But as it stands, the PlayStation Now library is not that enticing at all. Mm-hmm. Um, they're missing a lot of first-party games because, uh, you know, I never played any of the Uncharted, uh, Uncharted games. And n- 
as of right now, none of those are on the service. And do you is, think that's because they're going to do a re-release of them on PS4? I'm I'm guessing because like otherwise, why wouldn't you have all of your best first-party games on your service? You know. Yeah, that's a marquee game for them. Exactly, and it's a very the service is a very PlayStation centric. You know, it's all these games. Oh, you didn't have a PS3? Well, try them out here on your PS4 with the PlayStation Now service. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, missing some of those, you know, the one game that made the PlayStation 3, like, very iconic, you know, Uncharted, and to have that missing seemed really strange to me. So $20 a month is a hard pill to swallow for what they have right now. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's way overpriced. Yeah. I pay, I mean, it's not, it's not a good comparison, really, but it's in the same vein. Um, I pay $30 a year for EA Access on Xbox One. Yeah. Which, and, yeah. I mean, with that, you get, um, it's last year's Madden, FIFA, last year's sports games, um, are, are there, you can play them for free, but you get a discount on, on new games that you buy, uh, as well as downloadable content, uh, you get 10% off on all, anything that you would buy that's EA, um, but... I mean, you also have Plants vs. Zombies in the vault. You have uh, Peggle 2 in the vault. Um, there's just a lot of options that are there for 30 bucks a year. It's To me, it's it's a good value for that. I would pay that. But 20 bucks a month, I don't even know. Like That gets to the point. So if Netflix ever got above 10 bucks a month, I might have a problem with that. Um, because I don't use Netflix as much as you, I don't think. Yeah. Um, but it's just that price point to me is too high for a service like this. Yeah. That's that services one device. It's not a utility, so it's not like you're paying water or trash or electrical something like that. Twenty dollars a month is just high for this type of service. Plus, take into account too with all the recent DDoS attacks and things, you you pay for this service that's completely reliant on that technology to work properly and flawlessly, and currently it doesn't. I mean, you if you log into PlayStation, uh, there's no guarantee that you'll have the, the best internet connection anyway to use PS now because it's completely streaming from what I believe, right? Yeah, it is. So Which it'll be I, interesting to see how it works. Though. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I played uh, Metal Gear Solid 4 using the... Which... So the subscription model's there, but I believe they're still going to have the same model they've had where you can pay per game, which with that with that pricing on the subscription, per game is probably your best bet if you if you really want to play a game cuz you know, I paid I think it was like $15 for like 3 months of uh Metal Gear Solid 4, which Do you think that was worth it? Uh it was overpriced. Because you could buy it used, I'm sure, for, you know, 10 but, or so. Exactly, but the, you know, but then, so the, play, the PS Now service, probably for people like me, I missed out on PS3. Um, MGS4 didn't come out on 360, so PS Now is my only uh, option. So Because now you don't have a PS3. Exactly, so okay. now I'm stuck paying, uh, you know, that amount for, to try that, try that game out, but, yeah. I, I, I guess I did hear that they were supposedly lowering some of those price uh, single game purchase prices. Uh, so I'll, I'll give you an update next week on what the pricing looks like or if they're if they're adding any uh, good games to that service. Okay. 
Sounds good. Yeah. So, uh, so we had we had to get into CES, which I'm gonna burn through that list. But one more, because <laughs> uh, there's there's a lot. Of, I mean, we're a lot of it's technology based, and we're not gonna get through all of it. But I just want to burn through a lot of it. Um, another big thing though, kind of happened in the gaming community, is um, Greg Miller and uh, Colin Moriarty from IGN. So they've been doing this. Uh, po- they they've had podcasts, and they got Podcast Beyond, which is a very popular one they've had a show for a while now called game over greggy well them and their two friends uh who also worked at ign uh, uh nick and um tim tim <clears throat> all Hashtag four let tim host yeah exactly <laughs> uh all four of those guys quit their jobs a couple weeks ago so and to do a you know youtube and twitch gaming show which uh it's big, it was big news that, you know, a lot of people were really surprised by that move because, I mean, IGN's one of the biggest uh, gaming sites or entertainment sites out there right now. Mm-hmm. And they're all well-respected people at their company. And I think it goes, goes to show how big YouTube and Twitch really are for four guys who, you know, some of them are married and, you know, they all have girlfriends, you know they're reliant on that you know a steady income but they see a steady income coming in from you know patreon and youtube and twitch so Mm -hmm. i think it says a lot about those you know those becoming more you know we're gonna see more and more of this kind of stuff tv shows on youtube and because i think that's where a lot of kids you know you, you know we're a little bit older but i think a lot of younger people they all look towards YouTube for a lot of their entertainment and a lot kids of kids these days and their YouTubes. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so I I thought that was really interesting. Uh, I think we just had to quickly mention that, but we'll see where that goes. I know they st- so they started a um, thing called Kind of Funny. If you want to check them out, that's where they're at now. Yeah, I mean I'll I'll be looking to see how uh, what they can put out as far as content and stuff, but um, I'm just thinking as an adult you know this would be a great you know move to make you know if you're younger and stuff like that i don't know how old they are and i'm sure they've thought all the logistics through yeah see i mean they're i think they're older than us actually some of most of them um i think tim's the only young one out of that group so yeah i you know like yeah it's i could i could never do it you know but maybe they you know you're right they did all the logistics in it they realized they could do it. Yeah, I mean, they would have to. <clears throat> they'd have to create a a big store of you know. They'd have to make their own four hundred one k's. They'd have to make their own savings and all that stuff. They, they'll, they'll be making too much technically to be on you know the Affordable Health Care Act. So they'll have to pay for all their own insurance. They'll have to do all this unless they incorporate, uh, and then you know have the the kind of funny provide all that it's just very very difficult to see and right now i think they're uh, they're pulling in i think combined between the two sh- they're they have two patreons and i think they're combined about 40,000 a month right now yeah which i mean if you th- if you first see that number you think 40,000 a month man they're they're raking it in really they're not right because i mean you when you look at taxes be- on that yeah when you look at benefits too and taxes right. and there's a lot yep. of stuff, you know, a lot of us, you know, working for companies don't think about that stuff either, but 
there's a lot of money behind the scenes that and now they have to pay for that stuff mm-hmm. so a lot of a lot of things that as as an adult you kind of think of these different things especially you know if you're married getting married you kind of have other things that you think of as well if you are younger and just starting out and doing this it's great but once you get to a certain age, I mean, they won't be able to do this forever. That's why they have to make their own, they'll have to create their own retirement. And I know Colin's pretty savvy as far as, you know, he, he probably has investment, um, you know, options and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, so I know that they'll, they've thought this all through because I can't see them making this decision hastily. Um, but I'm excited to see what they, what they're able to do. And if it really is that IGN was chaining them or shackling them in some way, and that this is the best way for them to um, put out the content they want to make. More power to them. Uh, I just I hope it works out well for them, and I'm hoping that they can uh, still stay funny. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so on to CES. CES was all week. You know, it's uh, a technology um, a thing and tons of information. I just wrote down some quick ones that I thought were really interesting. Uh, Samsung uh, introduced a 8K, that's twice twice the power of 4K, uh, 3D, <laughs> 3D TV that did not require glasses. Uh, I saw this, and I this is the most exciting thing that I saw. Yeah, I, I, I think that's um, a lot of people are saying the same thing, um, uh, other than you know some of the other announcements. But like, this is the most exciting technology because I've. 3D didn't take off the way they thought a lot of television companies thought it would. Um, and I think a big part of that was as I don't want to wear glasses when I'm watching TV. Yeah. Um, Unless and, you have to wear glasses while you're watching TV in that case. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, as far as the, putting those 3D glasses on and turn, turn them on and getting them to work correctly, it didn't mm-hmm. seem as fun. Uh, but it seems all... I mean, and this doesn't, you know, like stuff like the 3DS has, you know, that 3D stuff. Uh, from what people are saying when they saw this, it looked like 3D, like things jumping out at you, you know, very. Um, so that's very interesting. And, you know, 8K, that's, you know, that's also pretty cool. So, yeah, because uh, that's another big thing I see. Yes, is just 4K TVs everywhere. The technology is getting way better. Um, I don't think. It seems like so far I haven't seen that it's getting more uh, cost efficient. Seems like a lot, you know, they're working on better 4K TV or technology, but I, 4K TVs are still pretty expensive. So, yeah. But that's a big thing out of there. Uh, 3D printed pizza and candy. Uh, I don't know if you saw any of that stuff. No. Um, I, I had heard about this. St- I, so, 3D printing is, a, you know, I'm in manufacturing, so I've read a lot about 3D printing. It has nothing to do with 3D. The 3D printed food isn't... I don't is think, it edible? Oh, yeah. They're, you know, you can go out... Uh, you can actually go on IGN and see some of the guys on there eating 3D printed pizza. And they say it it's good. Like? They said it looks... You know, a lot of people, our reviewers are saying it tastes fine. It tastes actually pretty tasty. Um, <laughs> I... Th- to me, this isn't 3D printing. They're calling it that because it's a machine making your food from scratch but mm-hmm. it you know the process of 3d printing are crazy and i could get into those some other time but there is a machine you can buy it for like a couple thousand dollars place it on, on a table and it'll you put the ingredients in the machine and it 
squirts the ingredients out into a plate and bakes it and you have candy or pizza or all these kind of crazy things and you can make them into shapes and uh garbage but supposedly it's good food or like as far as good tasting food i'm sure it's horribly unhealthy but yeah whatever um <laughs> so another thing samsung introduced was uh they had this whole avengers uh press really or um you know, like a show where they had all these uh, Avengers-themed devices. They had a completely translucent phone uh, to look at. This isn't something they're going to bring to market, I don't think. Uh, They were saying it was for Avengers only, is how they were wording it. But, I mean, this is a phone that you look at it, and there's, you don't see, there's no, you don't see the internals. I, I don't know what kind of crazy magic this is or whatever, but... Basically, you're looking at a clear tablet, and a display shows up. Was that from Stark Industries? Yeah, that's what they're branding all you know a lot of stuff <laughs> is. Is they're saying it's from Stark Industries and Pimtech? Yeah, exactly. So uh, that was interesting. Uh, for us PS4 owners, um, Nyko, uh, which is a company that makes a lot of gaming uh, extras accessories. They're coming out with an adapter that you can place on the left side of your PS4, and um, it plugs, I guess it replaces actually the left side of your PS4 machine. I'm a little confused exactly how it works, but you can fit a full-size hard drive in it um, to help you replace your, because a lot of people are replacing their hard drives in their PS4s, which the hard drive in a PS4 is a a 2.5-inch laptop hard drive. Which tend mm-hmm. to be tend to run a little more expensive than your standard uh, desktop hard drive, you know, and quite a bit sometimes. And uh, this adapter you place on top of your PS4 net, you can fit a full size three and a half inch hard drive in it. So it could bring the cost of upgrading your uh, hard drive down a little bit, depending. Yeah. They didn't have a pricing on that accessory, but depending on what the price of that is, you could get a. You could upgrade a hard drive for cheaper, maybe. Yeah, I'm wondering if it if it would really offset the cost to buy that device to be able to put the bigger, the three and a half inch hard drive in there, and if it would really make sense. You know, I mean, it, from and, a cost point of view. Yeah, and looking at it, it looks a little gaudy. It actually, like, so it ruins the form of the PS4 actually because it's yeah. it's a big brick coming off the left side of your machine. I will never get this, you know. I'm savvy, you know, a lot of PS4 owners are probably savvy enough to, if they really want to, upgrade their hard drive themselves. Because from what I've heard, it's very easy. A couple screws out, and you're just replacing it. It's, mm-hmm. you know, so some people complain about the laptop uh, hard drive pricing, but... Yeah, it was easy to replace the PS3 hard drive, too, so I'm assuming it's just as easy for yeah, the PS4. I heard, yeah, I, 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 I never had to replace a PS3 one, but... I, um, I heard the PS4 is even easier than that. So, uh, another thing Sony related is uh, H1Z1 is a uh, game that they're developing. It's a first-party game from I think Sony Sony Online Studios or it's the same guys that have um, that developed Planet Side, um, which is also uh, I think it's a Sony brand game. Uh, H1Z1 is, 
I mean, in an af- af- after the footage, seeing the footage, it's a DayZ clone. Mm-hmm. I think they're chasing that. There was a lot of uh, news about DayZ last year and a lot of excitement. Um, they showed that off at CES. It looks identical to DayZ. I've played DayZ. Looking at this footage, looks exactly the same. Which, I mean, it, I guess I liked DayZ. I wouldn't mind playing it on my PS4, so... But um, H1Z1, I think, is uh, getting a beta this or next month. Uh, but that's going to be a Steam beta. So who knows when it'll even make it to PS4. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, Razer, uh, the accessory company, they make a lot of accessories for PC. Um, they are making, a, it's called Razer Forge. And it's going to be an Android gaming device for TVs. So I'll have Android games um, and apps. Uh, it'll have your Amazon app and your um, other apps. But oh, it's another TV device. I don't, I'm not interested at all. Uh, yeah. come, they developed a new controller for it. It looks exactly like a 360 controller. Um, and they developed another keyboard mouse that's meant to be... Uh, it's actually a keyboard that sits in your lap and there's a spot off to your right to actually put the map of the mouse on i'm not interested in this but it's uh whatever seems like a waste of money for razor but yeah um and then uh netflix news i thought this was interesting four billion hours of netflix viewed every month that's a lot of time yeah that's uh i mean and uh you know i'm a huge netflix user that's pretty much all we watch so I can definitely see where that comes from. You know, when you look at their subscription base and how often I watch Netflix, I can see it. But I, that is a lot of time. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of uh, data space out there and stuff. And you always hear about you know how Netflix uses about twenty five percent of all of our bandwidth in the U S. And yeah. it's not hard to believe when you see numbers like that. And then uh, finally. Uh, Sony had a you know press conference, bunch of bunch of stuff, but they also announced eighteen and a half million PS4s sold to date. So and that's I, that's a good number. That is a good number. I think it. I think so. I think they're still outpacing last generation for three sixty or PS three actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so faster than the Wii, which was the fastest selling, I think. Yeah, exactly. So I I think it's we'll see where that number goes. I think at some point it'll slow down, but. Uh, it's it's good for all of us just to see that you know we're getting a lot more PS4 sold and means we'll get new more PS4 uh, games. Mhm. Yeah, I mean PS4, it's it's got the big install base now. I mean, uh, place or Xbox One I think has just over 10 million, maybe just under 11. Um, I think 10.8 according to one site right now. Um, but it's it's good to see that there is this competition going on because there's going to be innovation. Um, and it, it forced Microsoft, obviously, to lower their price over the holidays, um, down $50 less for either the Connect one or the one without Connect. Um, so because of that, you have that competition, and I'm glad to see we have it. Uh, and poor, poor Wii U. I mean, <laughs> it's been out twice as long as the other two consoles. And <laughs> they both passed it. Yeah, not, it's just... not even close to the same amount of uh, units sold yet. So yeah, and I was really thinking this year, like specifically this this past, 
you know, a couple months after Smash Bros. came out, uh, and you got Mario Kart and the promise of, like, Star Fox and Zelda, uh, that it would have pushed a few more units through, but it really didn't pick yeah. up too much. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm still... I, I, I've been meaning to get a Wii U, and I will eventually, but... Yeah, I'm surprised that I thought that they were gonna sell more units this holiday season. And it doesn't seem like they are. I mean, they came out with the games this year. They're doing everything right at this point. Um, I think they made a misstep with the actual design of the Wii U. But I mean, the software in this last year. I mean, I'm super jealous of everything that Wii U owners got to play this year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Smash Brothers, uh, Donkey Kong Country Freeze. Uh, you know, a new Mario, Mario new Mario Kart, which is a huge one. Uh, I think uh, 3D World came out this year. Either this year or last year. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I mean, they're just they're hitting everything. So, all right. So yeah. enough yeah. news. We, we, I, I think I'm starting to lose my voice. That's <laughs> so much news. This is jam packed. So you can tell, like everybody had the holidays <clears throat> off, and everybody just had all this news stored up. And they just released the Kraken of information this past week. So, yeah, sorry well, for for the length and the, the breadth of this uh, <laughs> particular news segment. Yeah. I don't think they're all going to be like this, though. No, this is just a strange week, especially with a, you know, a thing like CES going on. Same thing will happen when we get to uh, E3 and other conferences like that. So, yeah. Anyways, on to our entertaining thoughts. <laughs> This week, we're uh, looking at Quantum of Solace. Last week, we looked at Casino Royale. Um, had a good discussion on that. Had a nice little uh, retro uh, look back at the first Daniel Craig movie. Um, and I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. I mean, that was really great. Um, and I knew that this Quantum of Solace was more of a direct sequel to that movie. Um, so I'm glad that we watched them in succession like this in, in a recent... Uh, viewing to be able to kind of remember all this stuff because there's a lot of characters uh, that pop up in this movie that if you hadn't seen the other one or maybe you saw it you know three years uh, before and then went to the theater and saw it you may not have remembered a few different characters or what they had what their purposes were Um, and then the organization kind of still flows through it so uh, I'm excited to get into this one a little bit and talk about it and see what you thought um, of Quantum of Solace. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, I you know I really like Casino Royale too. When Quantum of Souls came out, or whenever I got to actually see it, I remember not thinking like much of it. I you know, I wasn't like a I wasn't on board quite yet. Uh, mm-hmm. But after watching this time, I was like, wow, this is a good, really good movie. So I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, it came out in two thousand eight, which was two years after Casino Royale. Um, you got Daniel Craig again. And uh, the other main lead was Olga Kurylenko, who was the um, she was kind of the Bond girl in this movie, and uh, absolutely stunning woman. She played Camille. Uh, yes, uh, and I've seen her in a few. Other, she was uh, she was actually in that Max Payne movie that came out a couple years ago. Um, I've seen her in a few other movies, but yeah, um, gorgeous actor, and she was in it, and. 
played a pretty cool role. Um, you know, we got in this. You know, I thought it important to bring up. You know, this is a different director than Casino Royale, and mm-hmm. it's gonna. You know, we haven't gotten into Skyfall. We'll get to that next week, but um, you know, different director for Skyfall too. So, um, but a lot of similar stuff. You um, and right off the bat, I think you notice. Uh, so, in Casino Royale, they do this cool uh, opening credit scene where there's cards floating around and this cool these cool graphics going on with like playing cards, you know, kings, queens, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get the same thing this this time around. You got really stylish uh, credits or scenes going on while you're watching the credits, which I think is really interesting because if you look at movies today. Uh, there's not a lot of movies that are open with credit with uh, credits anymore. There's, okay. you know, you usually get the name stamp at some point in the movie, and then you just get credits at the end of the movie. Um, this seems to be like one of the series that's maintaining that they're going to do credits at the beginning, but they're doing it in a really cool way where it gives you something to watch. Yeah. And uh, another original song to go along with it, uh, I think it was called "Die Another Day." Is actually the name of the song. No, um, no, that was a different movie altogether. <laughs> uh, oh man, this one. No, it's something like that. It's something very similar. I'm gonna have to look this up. Another now. way to die. Another way to die. Okay. <laughs> I, had I, I can, I can it, see it how play on words. We're talking. <laughs> I was getting uh, getting my double seven references mixed up. I guess. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, but there's 24 was... movies. You're bound to mix something up in there. I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was performed by uh, Jack White um, from uh, the White Stripes. If you ever heard that band, he's a really talented mm-hmm. uh, guy, and Alicia Keys was also on that song. So they're getting big names for the you know the opening credit song, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, we'll talk about it next week. But they're gonna do the same thing for Skyfall. So yeah, this this opening song, actually, after I watched it, which was earlier this week, um, it was actually kind of going through my head the next day. Even though I'm not a huge fan of the song, because it, it, the pitching, it's just, it's not harmonized. It's just really weird, um, the way that it's sung. I, I, like, I like the song, but it's just, it's not a typical Bond song. It kind of reminds me, uh, and I don't know if you are familiar with this one or not, but um, Live and Let Die had uh, Paul McCartney and Wings performing that one. Um, and it had a lot of different changes in pitch in that. I like that song, too. I like that song a lot better than this one. Um, but it was just interesting the way that this song was uh, recorded and sang by uh, Alicia and just kind of the way that they harmonized with it a little bit. But nonetheless, it was an earworm song. It was stuck in my mind yeah. uh, the following day. Yeah. Um, but before I talk about the credit sequence, I really want to talk about the opening sequence with the car chase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that sequence. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it ties in, like, it is literally, you know, you don't realize it until a second, you know, until a few minutes into the movie, or I think maybe, but I mean, it is it directly starting from the end of the last movie. Mm hmm. And so I was listening to the score, too, because I have the score for this. And the the music for this particular sequence is great. I love the way it starts, and the way the car chase starts. And it was just nice to see that car chase in this one because in Casino Royale, we didn't really get the car chase sequence. Most Bond movies have a good car chase. Yeah. Um, but we didn't really get it with the last one because 
I mean, he got, he had the us and Martin, and it was destroyed within like five minutes of him getting it, pretty much, because he goes to try to save Eva, or not Eva, Eva Green played the character, but I, Vesper. Yeah. Um, and in this one, it opens up and it gives us a great car chase sequence, which I like a lot. And then, um, it I love the 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 fact that it ends with him opening up the case, uh, the trunk and Mister White sitting there. Oh yeah. Or and, you know, of course, he's always got that re- he's got that cool demeanor, and he says. Time to get out now, you know? Because, mm-hmm. you know, that's just how cool he is. You know, James Bond. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that great opening scene. Um, they continue that trick because Casino Royale, I thought, had a really awesome opening scene. Um, and they also, in that in the middle of that, the chase scene, they, they do a few moments where, like, uh, maybe it wasn't the chase scene, but they do a few moments throughout this movie where, like, it gets silent, but there's still lots mm-hmm. of action going on around it. And I, I've seen it in other action movies too. And I'm always a big fan of that because I think it's just because you don't, I don't need to hear all the gunshots and explosions or whatever, but like just it to see the tension. Yeah, you like you see all the emotion and the tension and stuff. So, um, but yeah, so that's I mean the main storyline of this movie is we're kind of, we're picking off from Casino Royale where we're still looking for the organization, and that's mm-hmm. all we know them by, um, and our you know, and that chase scene uh mr white who was in the first uh casino royale a few times he's in the trunk of that we and we see james bond actually shoot him at the end of casino royale mm-hmm. so he's in the trunk he you know he's obviously a part of the organization and he del- deliver he, you know they're getting ready to interrogate him and delivers this awesome line and he says we have people everywhere you know and then everything kind of turns upside down for MI6, where they realize they've got uh, people within the organ and within MI6 that are part of this organization. It's their Hydra moment, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, you're looking. Yeah, from uh, the Winter Soldier. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, th- I, I like that. You know, you turn, turn the tables, and now you know MI6 is. Uh, they don't know where to start. You know, because. You know, they got people intruders. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like M's, M's line that's like, when they say that, they typically mean it's, you know, more abstract, but not literally in the room. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, florists say that. Um, <laughs> and they mean it. Uh, so, yeah, that's always fun. Um, so, we, we still don't, uh, after watching this movie, we still don't know who the organization is yet. Um, but we do. Uh, yeah, well, we the do the opera scene that we get to later on. Yeah, um, exactly. Uh, but our main bad guy, for the most part, seems to be a, a Dominic Green, who he's a uh, he's uh, you know he's part of the organization. Obviously, um, I don't, we don't know if he is in the organization or if he just works for them. I, I'm assuming he's in it, but uh, he's seems to be the main bad guy who Daniel Craig is chasing him down. And so is this other character, uh, who's played by the Olga, um, Kralenko, um, Camille, is her character mm-hmm. name. So we're chasing down Dominic Green, and lots of amazing chase scenes. Um, there's a really cool boat scene. Um, I, lo- I really like that boat scene where, he, you know, Bond's, you know, going around uh, a bay of all these different boats and smashing through them and evading gunshots. Mm-hmm. That that rooftop chase scene uh, when they were in you know chasing I think it was uh, towards the beginning after that guy runs out and talks yeah yeah, um, yeah. 
you know, he's the the double agent walk, runs out there, and they do that whole rooftop sequence. Yeah. Um, I seemed it seems like we're getting a lot of movies with these rooftop chase scenes, and I'm just gotta ask: Is this a thing? Is is there a lot of people chasing people on rooftops, like especially in Italy or? Monaco or places like that. I mean, well, it, I'm assuming we're going to see a lot of that in Assassin's Creed later on. But well, uh, um, <laughs> let me tell you, buddy. All right, I don't know about where you live, but whenever I look out my uh, open my curtains in the front yard, I see people jumping around on, on uh, rooftops all the time. It's a big <laughs> thing. All right, so you better get used to it, buddy. Uh, no, you're exactly right. It isn't a lot of movies. I it is probably because. Yeah, where the hell do you see something like that? It's very, it's entertaining, you know. It's fun, because uh, if you did see that, you'd fr- freak the hell out. So, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's it's always cool. They got those uh, clay shingles and smashing around on things. Um, there was one thing in that whole chase scene though that I did not like. For a brief second, they used CG. Um, and I don't know if you caught this. When they were falling through the window. Yeah. Yeah. I and it. And maybe because it's you know it is from two thousand eight, so it might be a little dated now, but they, I don't think they had to use it, and they don't, they rarely use CG in this in any of these movies at all. Well, they so, did a lot more in this one than they did in uh, Casino. Yeah, and like that real that one scene really stuck out to me, and I was like, uh, I don't like that. But yeah. nonetheless, good chase scene. Lots of uh, there's lots of chase scenes. Um, that's one thing I noticed is uh, Bond's life really is just chasing people all over the world that's all he does he never gets any answers he's just he gets a, he gets a tidbit here and there but other than yeah. that he's just chasing people around uh, the first thing i notice about him in this movie is he looks tired he yeah. looks haggard even though this movie takes place right after um casino royale but just the look in his face he looks so worn down and so just like he needs to rest you know yeah well, and uh, that's a big, I think, theme of this movie is he uh, is looking for the people that Vesper was working for. Because he, of course, feels mm-hmm. betrayed by Vesper, uh, but he also knows she was she was working for someone or working with someone. And uh, even M mentions to him, you know, you know, when when's the last time you slept? And mm-hmm. you you get the feeling, that he, and you notice they're getting ready to go to bed, and he just goes to a party instead, and. He he is he's never sleeping he's drinking, a lot mm-hmm. he's a very angry Bond, mm-hmm. and um, you know even at some point MI six doesn't know if he's, you know on the right path on the straight and narrow, and uh, I thought that it, um, they did a well job of getting that point across you know he's very he's on a vengeance and by the end of the movie we gotta get through that but yeah you're right he looks extremely tired and you know frustrated a lot and very interesting mm-hmm. uh so there's a lot of you know a lot of stuff and we're chasing that dynamic green but i think one of the a key moment in this movie really was the opera scene where we get to see the organization you know having their meeting really because it seems like a lot of the organization members are in an opera th- uh, audience talking to each other through like bl- bluetooth um speakers mm-hmm. and because i'm guess i'm i think it's a safe bet at this point the organization is uh something to do with specter right that's what i would hope so when i first saw this movie and 
they they call themselves Quantum. This group that met, they call them. They have the and this the other thing that drives me crazy about this movie is the little Q, yeah. um, the little logo. <laughs> yeah, I mean they have it everywhere. They have it on the earpieces. They have it on like Dominic. I think is wearing it as a lapel pin at some point. Yeah, and it's just like okay, seriously, you a you're calling yourselves Quantum. That's completely stupid. We call yourself Spectre. Come on, why don't you just call yourself <laughs> Spectre? Um, and Quantum has to be some sort of offshoot of that, um, and I'm hoping we get more details as we go into the actual Spectre movie this year. But I don't know this this whole this scene is actually really cool, and I love the way it's done, and it shows you you know how how you know smart thinking Bond really is. By some may call it you know brash behavior. He should have just eavesdropped on the whole conversation, and listened to him. But really, but what he got. Uh, accomplished was when he starts talking on their frequency and says you know i think you guys find a better meeting place everybody and you have to think these guys are just these must just be the suits these aren't agents that are meeting these are just like the people who make the decisions who don't really know how to act yeah um because they're all get up and walk away except for mr white he knows what's going on um so he stays seated everybody else gets up and walks away and he gets you know pictures of them he must have had a new smartphone from CES to get the uh, awesome up close shots because yeah that was crazy. <laughs> yeah, um, but it was it really just kind of shows that you know if he if he listens he gets some information and he did get some intel from what he listened to but then he got more than that and he got actual people who they could do background checks on and run their identities and then kind of go from there. Yeah, uh, so. I think this movie, some of the stuff we learn on this movie is going to tie into the movie next, uh, Spectre, that's coming out later this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was very interesting. I thought that was, a, like, a key... It wasn't necessarily a key mo- uh, moment for the story in this movie, like, alone. But I think overall it's going to have, like, a bigger impact. Because one of, uh, you know, one of the people that stands up is actually the prime minister of britain's one of his main advisors so and i think it's when they first start thinking that bonds you know chasing the wrong people or you know stuff like that but uh another key thing i in this movie was you see the the relationship between m and bond strengthen a lot because mm-hmm. she she's going back and forth a little bit in the beginning of this movie where whether we don't know if she's trusting bond or not or she's not being clear um, by the but, but about halfway through the movie, we realize she completely trusts Bond, and she knows that he's trustworthy. Like that, he's not just a reckless uh, agent. That he he does have an end goal, and uh, I think that's very important, especially for the next movie we're going to review, um, is to see that that relationship because that's I think it's an iconic thing from um, you know the Double O Seven series is you know, the relationship between M and Bond. Yeah, and you can't really blame her for not completely trusting him at this point because, I mean, look at him in the beginning of, of Casino Royale when he becomes a double O and he runs down and goes into the embassy, breaks out, or, or gets the guy and just, you know, kills him in front of the CCTV. And you, you, you got so little time between that and here, these events, that she could still be, you know, thinking that he's the same character, hasn't really grown or evolved. But considering, you know, what happened with Vesper and things like that, obviously he has. And he has motives that will be more clear as they go through them. Um, 
and it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out with Spectre and his growth. I mean, as you said with next week, when we get into that movie, you can see the the, the huge change there. But um, with this movie, another thing that was interesting, which I don't really know, so a bit of background on this movie. Uh, this movie was actually a casualty, if you want to call it that, um, of the writer strike. So uh, back in 2007, uh, there was the writer strike that kind of uh, affected TV and movies, and a lot of writers weren't writing anything for you know a few months. Um, and this movie was in production at that time, and because it was, when you're making a movie, you constantly have to do updates and rights and things like that. Um, to the the script and the screenplay. But, so, in this movie, you get Felix, who was the American CIA agent from the last movie uh, that we met at, at the casino. Um, and he's in here, but he's pretty much just brooding the entire time. He doesn't really have much to say, have much to do, where in the last one, when we met him, he was, he was a cool guy. I mean, he had some pretty interesting lines, he... Uh, you know, bought Bond back into the uh, to the table, um, and he was just like a, a cool character. In this one, you're not really sure what what happened, but he's just flying around with his little his boss and talking to Dominic Green in the airplane and stuff like that. He is trying to throw them off the trail of Bond at uh, that one scene in the plane. Yeah. So you can you can see who's he's in the corner. And then, you know, when, when they meet him later in that uh, bar, he, you know, reluctantly, almost, tells him that, he, you know, you only have like 30 seconds to get out of here. He he could have told him that earlier on, but I think he was still trying to figure things out for himself. Yeah. I, I, I think that, that, yeah, so I think the, that CIA boss guy that he was with, obviously was a dirty kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's brought out later that he was you know, fired and someone else got promoted, um, and, and things like that. But I think that moment there, uh, when you see them talking in the bar is kind of when he makes his decision. Yeah. He's, he's not going to commit to whatever the program is that his boss is asking him about, but he's going to be with Bond. He's going to do what's right. But that's really, uh, that's the extent that we see him in this movie. I, I think if I don't remember, I think that's all we see, right? That's really, you know, after that bar scene, uh, we don't, we don't see him again. And, yeah, you're right. He was a cooler character in Casino Royale. And I almost, you know, from the second we see him in the plane, though, he looks angry, you know, that character. And we don't know why, you know, we don't know why. There's no really no reason to it. Mm -hmm. But another thing I noticed about this whole, you know, CIA being in the picture, they really make America look out to be, you know, a horrible country, actually, in this movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they Um, do. Because it really, I mean... The lines that he's given to say, it just makes him look like a pig, right? Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, we're going to get the oil, right? Ha ha. Yeah. And then, I mean, yeah. It was very interesting. I was like, you know, why are you attacking America right now? Why why is that necessary? You know, what they make a little quip about in, in a Casino Royale about, you know, how much money America has. Like, do we, you know, we don't really care about the money. It's just, you know, getting mm-hmm. justice. You know, but, you know, they seem to attack him a little harder this time around. And, you know, it looks like one of the ancients dirty. And, you know, it was a little weird. I would like to see that character come back, though. I, I like him a lot. Yeah, I like Felix. He's he's pretty good. Um, I think the name that the guy that plays him is, was it Jeffrey Wright, maybe? I don't know, but he's been in some other stuff, too. And he's he's a good actor. 
Yeah, you. Uh, last movie I seen him in actually was um, the last Hunger Games movie. Uh, or well, not the last Hunger Games movie, but the um, the second one. That's the last one I had seen. He was in that for a good portion of the movie, and uh, okay. he played a pretty cool character. Yeah, we also have re- returning characters from Casino. We also get Mathis back. Yeah. Who when Bond when Bond meets him, um, obviously he was cleared of any any repercussions or anything and he was innocent of the task since they bought him that villa um but then he starts helping out bond again so at least he has a friend uh, that he can turn to because he's kind of been blacklisted by m honestly or not by m but by mi6 yeah because they had to freeze all his bank accounts and everything but still even though there was that kill order out on him m says you know when when she confronts him she tells him hey there's a kill order out on you and she tells whoever comes up to see her next to let him go that she trusts him. Um, but it was, it's interesting to see that he has a friend now, at least that he can talk to. But whatever, what happens to him is, is kind of sad, honestly. Yeah, he's got a really unfortunate ending. Like, you kind of root, you know, you're, you're glad to see that relationship build, build between Bond and him. And then he's tragically killed, you know. And not like, you know, it's not like they're in a firefight or something cool like that. He's just kind of killed, and it's like, oh, all right. He, yeah, I mean, so they they knock him out or whatever. They stuff him in the back of the car, and then the, the crooked police pull him over and tell him to open his thing up, and Bond's like, oh, why am I asking him to do this? And then, obviously, you see him there, and then they say, you know, they, they pull their guns on Bond, and then Mathis starts moving, so then they start to shoot him, and then that's what actually kills him. So, I mean, he goes out in a punk way, really, even though he didn't deserve that at all, I don't think. No, not at all. It was that was kind of a weird moment in the movie, but and then he puts him in a trash can. <laughs> that was really weird, uh, though. Like it made sense what Bond said. Like you know, he wouldn't care. It was that's where else you're gonna put a body when you you know, he's still on the run. Yeah, um, that's true. I mean, he was true to Mathis's character that you know he wouldn't care whatever whatever you gotta do. Yeah, I mean he he was also you know a guy who liked to work in the shadows and stuff. So, and he obviously went with Bond because that's his life he's used to all these secrets and working you know as an agent or you know helping agent so mm-hmm. uh so what do you think Over- overall you know when you compare this movie to casino royale so far what do you think and you like it better or worse oh i like casino a lot better than this movie okay um for sure um this movie is greatly enhanced by casino if you were to ro- if you were to watch this Let's say you went and saw Casino in the theater in 2006, and you didn't watch it until, or you didn't watch it again, and then you watched Quantum of Solace in 2008 in the theater, you likely would have forgotten a lot of the tie-ins. Um, and this movie is an hour shorter than Casino, so you, you know, it's a little bit shorter movie. It's actually, I think, the shortest of all the Bond movies. Um, so I think it clocks in just about like an hour, and an hour and a half or somewhere around there. Um, but I like this movie a lot better. Um, I like the callback. So there uh, is another Bond movie. I think it was Dr. N- no, it was Goldfinger. Um, where that was, I think, the second Bond movie with Sean Connery. And in it, there's a character who's all about gold, obviously. Goldfinger's a name. Um, and they, they kill a, a person, uh, a girl, and they put her, like... They dip her in gold, and then they leave her on his bed. They did something very similar here to the girl. I think her name was 
Agent Fields. I think it was Strawberry Fields, honestly, is her name, which is very a very Bond girl name. Yeah. Um, they dip her in oil and leave her on the bed uh, in a very similar callback to that, uh, which is a very sad thing for her because I liked her character. She was she was interesting. Um, but yeah, it's it was a sad thing for that to happen. Um, but the other Bond girl, Camille, she's she's pretty interesting because obviously she has her agenda. She's trying to hunt down the general, um, whatever his name was. Um, and because he, that mark on her back, I'm assuming, and I don't remember if it was brought out specifically or not, but because of her past with General Madano, um, I think she got a burn. And I think that burn is what caused that uh, scar on her back. And I think that's why she was cowering in, in the corner uh, when Bond comes to get her at the hotel. Yeah. Um, because, like, the, the fire, she was, she may, she may be scared of fire. Um, so it was interesting as far as, as her character development because she uh, was able to, you know, get her vengeance um, and able to grow maybe a little bit, but also I think she may have helped Bond get past Vesper, um, being able to kind of help him with his journey as, as she helped uh, him with his. Yeah, I, I I really liked her as a character and a, as a you know the the Bond girl, the main movie you know main girl in this movie, who you know until almost you know one of the last scenes I think. They actually, you know, don't have a romantic relationship. They're, you mm-hmm. know, working together actually, which is uh, a neat. You know, it's different for Bond actually, because he's, you know, much like uh, you know Miss Fields earlier in the movie, he, he just uses women a lot. Mm-hmm. But for him to, you know, she was a substantial character who he actually worked with through a majority of the movie. Yeah, well, she did drop out a little bit so i think was it during the boat chase she got knocked out then he gave her to the dock boy yeah and then i think she shows up later on yeah um, i mean picks Bond I, I, th- up. I think he tried getting rid of her but they seem to just be kind of run into each other again and he saves her again almost mm-hmm. what do you think of that plane uh sequence uh it was you know average i i wasn't a big fan of that it was mm. seemed kind of just thrown in there for me yeah i didn't much care for that either I, I mean this is i think this is what happened as um so dominic green's part of some green planet company or whatever yeah he's like some sort of environment yeah he's like you know it's obvious that he does something with the resources in bolivia because that's where this general is from and what's his whole deal is he all right what's his motivation is he just trying to like sell bottled water to people by damming it away uh is Donna that literally Green? his his plot? Yeah, I think the idea is that you know by start because when later in the movie when he makes that deal with the general, he's gonna sell him all that water that he's been damming away for twice the money, and he's gonna sell he's it. A, he's gonna sell it. To that's the, a horrible Bond villain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that that is his skills: uh, stealing water and selling it back for twice the money. Um, and but that whole plane scene. If they needed a reason to see the water dam, mm-hmm. so they put them in a plane. I was confused about why they were getting in a plane in the first plane, first place, and then they had to crash the plane, and they just happened to land on top of, or, you know, fall down to one of the water dams. Yeah. So I think they needed a reason to get down there. That was what that whole thing was. 
Yeah. That whole scene was ridiculous. Yeah. Whatever. Um, really, the only thing, like, the only thing that seems consistent through this whole movie is Daniel Craig is just a freaking badass James Bond. <laughs> I mean, he does it all. He can get on a bike, boat, plane, car, you know, amazing car chase in the beginning. You know, mm-hmm. he's always calm, cool, and collected, you know, and uh, I like him a lot. Um, I have to say, overall, I think because of a lot of the chase scenes and some of the actual actions, action scenes in this movie, I think I might like this movie a little bit more than Casino Royale. Uh, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, but they're very much on par. And you're right, that would probably would change if I hadn't just seen Casino Royale. Because they make a lot of callbacks to the first movie that was really great. So I think you bring those characters back and... I've got a good feeling on my stomach because I liked those characters in the first place. Well, between the two villains, though, I mean, Dominic Green is nothing compared to Lashif. Even though Lashif isn't, you know, the menacing kind of person, Dominic is even less so. Yeah. He's just more, when I see him, I think he's more of a, you know, sleazy, slimy kind of guy, you know? Yeah, he and he was, he was exactly that, you know, a slimy kind of guy, and, um... He had no, like, physical feature or ailment to, you know, mm-hmm. Lashif's got the bleeding eye, the scarred eye, and uh, Dominic Green is just some scumbag who, you know, he doesn't have any cool features like that to point him out. I feel like most Bond villains have something that sets them apart, but he doesn't have yeah. that. And with Lashif, I mean, he did his own, he did that interrogation scene. Yeah. Um, I mean, he did all this other stuff that kind of just made him look a little bit more menacing overall. And then Dominic, I mean, what's he do? He fights Bond poorly with some sort of fire axe that he finds. And he tries to get the girl killed a couple times. But, I mean, I don't know. I just, Dominic Green is, is not a good Bond villain. No, he And his, his henchman guy? His henchman guy is goofy. He's just, like, <laughs> tall, gangly, weird looking. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's a scene with his henchman wearing a uh, one of those collars for neck injuries. And that was just, because like, really weird. Because Agent Fields uh, tripped him down the stairs, right? Yeah. He was wearing that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was just... I don't know. There seems to be like there was something missing from this movie. I think because it was so short, I think there was something missing that... I don't... Some sort of exposition, some sort of development for him or for someone that would make him more believable as a Bond villain. I mean, his whole thing is that he wants to overcharge for water. I mean, (laughs) what the heck? Uh, you know, yeah, I guess so. Uh, that very much could be the main issue of this movie is just the Bond villain, but I have to say overall, I think it was a decent movie. You know, I got, I got a few of those like, uh, you know, born movie, uh, moments where like, with the chase scenes mm-hmm. and stuff kind of reminiscent of that style. Uh, so I thought that stuff was still good, but yeah, the actual story was a little off putting. Yeah. But. And I do like that, uh, so when they get to that, that hotel thing at the end, that was kind of cool, the hydrogen thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, the fuel that was cells. a cool lair. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty cool, but it got blown up within, like, the first ten minutes of seeing yeah, the Yeah, I mean, it was just, it was gone yeah. as soon as we saw it, pretty much. But it was, it was cool because, like, it was a neat-looking lair. It, I don't know what the story is behind the actual building, like, in the universe. 
is it a hotel that no one's ever going to come to because it's out in the middle of the desert? Yeah, <laughs> what's going exactly. on? Exactly. There, it's like a club med. It doesn't seem to be anyone else there except for them. So, like, mm-hmm. no staff or anything. Yeah, there's nothing there except for, you know, the general and his men and then Dominic and his guys. Yeah, and a um, bunch and of I'm, I'm glad to see that general, he's just a fiend that he's, you know, taken out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, I, I have a problem with men that do those types of things, so I'm glad yeah. that he's uh, taken out in that movie. Absolutely. So, good movie overall, but it definitely had his issues. Uh, I'm really excited. Next week we're going to be talking about Skyfall. Skyfall. Yeah, which, don't even get me started on that uh, amazing Adele song. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but we're going to be talking about Skyfall next week. Uh, phenomenal movie. If anyone is starting to follow along with us, uh, I highly suggest um, getting through the first two movies and watching Skyfall before our um, podcast next week because it's going to be a fun discussion. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, mild spoiler for next week. I already know Skyfall is my favorite out of the three. Um, <laughs> so, But please watch the other two because they do work well together. Yeah, it does. I mean, it builds a lot of character with Craig's bond and his relationship with him, which goes to play huge in the next movie. So yes, I'm definitely looking forward to Skyfall next week. Um, I'll probably watch it more than once leading up to it because I. That's a great movie. Absolutely. Uh, and again, I'll I have the score for that one, so I'll be listening to that too, and you know, and getting ready for it. And I also have the Adele song on my iPhone, so <laughs> I'll <laughs> pull right. it all up and I'll get all in the Bond mood. Absolutely. All right, well, I think that does, does that uh, everything for this week. Come on, you sound like you've been talking for two hours. Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about the length of this podcast, everybody. We had a ton of news, uh, obviously, that we wanted to get to. Um, uh, we left a lot out, too, honestly, but we wanted to hit on the cool stuff that was entertaining for us and hopefully entertaining for you. Uh, and we definitely wanted to give Quantum a, a good discussion as well. Um, so... We just want to make sure that uh, uh, we're doing right by you. So to let us know, uh, leave us uh, you know a Twitter comment, send us an email. Uh, you can tweet us at entertainingpod on Twitter. Uh, you can also send us an email to that'sentertaining at gmail.com. Uh, so we'd love to hear what you think um, and uh, be involved with the community. Um, see if we can get some, some feedback going on here. We'd love to have, add a segment in about what you think about movies um, as we discuss them, pull in what your thoughts were, uh, and go from there. But uh, we also want to give a shout-out to uh, the Flux Deposed podcast. Uh, you can reach them on Twitter at F-L-U-X-T-A-P-O-S-E-D. Um, they gave us a, a shout-out on their podcast because uh, we're just starting out as newbies. Uh, they've been doing it for a while, uh, but we know him, uh, Jason, um, he is at JW Lacey on Twitter as well. So uh, we'd like to just give them a shout-out and thank them for shouting us out. Absolutely. It was uh, a lot of fun to hear hear that shout-out. I was like, oh, that's us. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, and you can find me uh, at jpicky86 on Twitter. Uh, feel free to comment uh, to me directly, too, or um, follow me. Yeah, and I'm also on Twitter. I am at Sith Nightmare, uh, S-I-T-H-K-N-I-G-H-T-M-A-R-E. 
Uh, I don't know if I can add any more characters, but if I can, I might. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'd also like to just uh, get a sh- uh, get an opinion going out there. What do you think, Justin? I'm I got this uh, this code to give away. This is a code for uh, Xbox One Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Oh. And what I'm thinking is uh, maybe if we can get 20 uh, Twitter followers and then, you know, tweet out and say, hey, who wants a free code um, or something? I don't know. Let's let's start with getting 20 Twitter followers and then we'll announce how to get it after uh, the show that we get 20 followers. How's that sound? That sounds perfect. I'd love to give uh, things away. Yeah. I'd like to give things away, right? Um, so anyway, that does it for this week, I think. Um, and if you have any, uh, comments, please feel free to let us know. All right. That's it, folks. Have a good week. Thanks for listening. Until next time.